everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Across the Airways' very own It's Tangent Time podcast. I'm here on Skype with Wu uh, S. Kim, my partner in crime. I, of course, am Michael J. Petty, and with us tonight is a special guest. Uh, he's been on the show before, and I'm sure he'll be on the show again. Uh, I'm Andy- Justin Bieber, and I'm playing Robin. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm Mark Wahlberg and telling people to back off Ben Affleck. Yes. And again, one of those is true. No. Um, don't believe those rumors about Justin Bieber playing Robin people. It's for a skit from Funny or Die, so don't don't worry about that. And yes, if he was playing Robin, I think we would all want to die. Yes, I think I, we- I wouldn't be here at this point. You, you you would be all coming over here to my to to my country to go to my funeral. <laughs> and and by and by the way, Harry <coughs> Harry Shum Jr., I love you to death, man. But you are no Nightwing. Moving on. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. There was a there was a. Well, first of all, let's just introduce this guy. This guy is the one of the hosts of the Helicarrier podcast on ATA, Mr. Andy Babak. How you how you doing, Andy? I'm doing fine. How you guys doing? Yeah. Yeah, we're doing. Apparently, going back to what I was saying earlier, Mike Chang from Glee apparently is said in passing that he wants to be Nightwing. If they ever do a Nightwing in live action. Oh, dude. Look, I... Like, I love the dude, but... Uh-uh. I think that's actually playing into, like, some Asian stereotype, too, that all of us are circus performers or scientists. Wow. <laughs> We're going deep tonight. No, I mean, that really serves into the stereotype. But anyway, um, speaking, speaking of Glee, this is actually a good segue for our first tangent topic. Oh, hey, I coined a phrase, tangent topic. Um, oh, my. <coughs> Um, news broke y- yesterday. Now, to pull the curtain back just a little bit, Andy DM'd me on Twitter that he wanted to talk to me about something, but I didn't, yeah. know, what, but I didn't know what it was at the time. And then, like, what was it, like, 30 minutes or 45 minutes later, I go on to eat online, and I find that the guy that played the, the Harry Osborne of Glee, otherwise known as Sebastian, will be playing... Wait. Okay, hold on. What do you mean, this, the the Glee's own Norman? I mean, Harry Osborne. How did that? How does that come into play? Because we never saw his father. I don't know, but I I just looked at his his hair and I was like, wow, you look like James Franco. Um, he's hotter than James Franco. Okay, but okay, no, but, okay. Here, but point is, what is this actor's name, guys? Uh, Grant Gustin. And also to pull the curtain back, this is the one actor that Andy did not want to be. Okay, wait. I, okay, let's Dr. just. Ben um, Allen. Yeah. So it was. Um, yeah. When th- those thirty minutes before um, he read online, uh, he had um, Hollywood Reporter and TV guy had broken news that Grant Gustin from Glee had been cast as Barry. And I'm gonna. Okay, I need to just clarify here. Okay, he was not my. Sh- Top choice. My top choice was Matt Barr, and for those who may who may be familiar with um, Hellcat, uh, probably recognize him from there and so on. He's done some other things, and he was one of the contenders for for that role. So, but I after two hours of freaking out that night, I calmed down. I was like, okay, let's see how it goes 
But go, go, um, go on, Will. Um, just to give you a little bit of back background about this guy, again, to clarify, because we kind of joked around, this this performer will be playing Dr. Barry Allen on Arrow for the two or three episodes in the second season that are supposedly supposed to be the backdoor pilot for the Flash series. Now, first of all, about the... First of all, about this actor's background, he did play the evil, le the evil leader of the Warblers, which was the opposing team of the main characters on Glee called the New Directions. Great guy, great performer. He plays such a natural bad guy. I, I had no problem with this casting. Actually, Andy was the one who initiated this talk about this guy possibly being Dr. Barry Allen. I, I'm totally 110% behind this casting. I wasn't on Matt Barr because, quite honestly, he's too pretty and he looks like he could be related to Stephen Amell. But here's the but he, okay. Here's my counter okay, counter before, argument. Before you, before you go before you go there, Michael, what are your thoughts on this? And then we'll go to Andy. Again, I I don't know who this actor is, okay. so I I think he could do the part based on his looks. Um, I, I want to see him before I say anything, though. I, although I am very excited that Barry Allen's going to be on the show. Regardless of who's playing him, I'm very excited that we'll get to see the Flash in live action. At least my favorite Flash. <coughs> it's been 23 years, I think, since we saw Barry Allen on, on um, any screen. And then he became Dawson's dad on Dawson's Creek. But that's another story for another story. And then he became a, da a dad for somebody on Teen Wolf. <laughs> and Dawson's Creek. And that's how I met your father. Oh, they're just been up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd, I'd really like to hear the the explanation of Dino, of Dino Lance and um, Selena Kyle to their children. That story. Oh, my gosh. Daddy was shipwrecked. Oh, and your daddy... Parents, <laughs> parents were shot, shot right in front of them, and he went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> Yeah, I think you and my sister would get along really well because she thinks that, that uh, Bruce Wayne has a serious mental issue. And I'm like, wait, he's just bad a about things. A dude that dresses up like a bat? No. No. <laughs> yes, no. Oh, be oh be because the way the Flash dresses up is normal. <laughs> oh, what were you going to say, Andy, before I went to Michael? What were you going to say? Um, I was, okay, I, yeah. Okay, uh, Matt Barr, he's 29... Tw about 30 years old, he, so he's like close to Stephen Amell's Halloween. He would have been close to Stephen Amell's Halloween Queen. This kid, it, well, I'm saying kid because he's just 23 years old. Because he, look, I agree with Michael. He has the look. He has the looks, but he is very young. Like, like, and also, I think I don't know if you, I don't think you and I discussed this, Wu about this um, a couple of days ago. But you, you said you didn't, you couldn't believe Barry, um, this guy, Matt Barr. As a scientist, but um, no, could I you could really? Not, I could not. I mean, this guy looks like this guy looks like he could be like Whitney Fordman's brother on Smallville if he had a brother. Like, you know what I mean? He looks like an Amber Combie and Finch model to me. And I mean, I mean, maybe I'm being kind of a geek hipster here, but. I can't. I part part of the part of the thing about casting any actor is you believe that this guy, even under the most absurd of circumstances, is the character he's playing. And now, now 
For those of you who are near your computers or smartphones, Google Google or Bing Matt Barr, could you really believe that this guy is a scientist? Probably more than I could believe in Grant Gustin because of the age, because you it's know not like, all look, about, it's not all about age, and I'll get, I'll get to that I'll get to that when we discuss Lois and Clark. But we also we also have to remember he's not just a police he's not just a scientist he is a police scientist. Yeah, it's and, it, there is a difference. And this guy looks like and, and Matt Barr looks like he could be like a soccer star. Yeah. I mean, this is just my point of view. I mean, I mean, I keep I keep want, wanting to call him Sebastian. What's his name again? I'm sorry. I'm Grant. Grant. Grant Gustin. He's a good-looking guy, but I I could believe him as a scientist. I've met a lot of good-looking male scientists in my time. I could. Oh, believe, thank you. I could believe him as like a scientist. He and didn't catch it. He didn't catch it at all. I did, but I wanted to. I wanted to bring my point home. Okay. I, I, I really can't. I really can't think of Matt Barr. I could never think of that dude as a scientist or a police officer. Okay. Um. Is it okay Unless if he was I read? A stripper police officer. There you go. Okay. Oh, oh, hey. Isn't he more muscular too, Matt Barr? He's. Well, I. I guess. I. I guess he would go into the category of being ripped, but he's not that extreme muscular. And, Am I alone here in thinking? Barry Allen is not ripped either. Yeah, and am I, I alone in thinking that he looks like he could be related to Stephen Amell too? I don't see yet. Michael. Yeah, I, I, I could see it, but at the same time, I think he's far, far enough away in looks that he could get away with it. I just hope they don't have him with scenes with Roy because my problem, my problem with the guy. My problem is with. With the guy that casted, is he looks like he could also be related to, you know, Roy Harper. I I don't know if I agree with that, but the, but I can agree. They are you know because he looks that like they could be in the same age. You know, Barry is you know he's a superhero that is supposed to be older than people like Roy Harper. Okay, now you're the bigger Barry Allen fan of either one of us, Michael. Do they do they specify anything about his age or when he gets shocked by all these chemicals? Man, people from the DC universe should really stay away from chemicals. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, uh, the age he was at around the time he got struck by chemicals, he was already a scientist. He was already an adult. He was about the same age that Hal Jordan was when he first got the powering. And that's yeah. why they're so good friends in the comics. Right, it happens close to the same time. Oliver Queen's a little older than both of them, and Batman and Superman are both a little bit older than them, but not not any uh, thing further than a few years. So it works in that in that sense, it works then by that logic. Because Oliver on the show is his mid to late twenties. Yeah, he's my age. Yeah, yeah, he was he was supposed to be like twenty seven, I think. He is when, twenty. Uh, he is twenty seven because his the. I, 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 I remember in the second episode they showed his birthday in 1985, so yeah. And, and also casting breakdown said that he was supposed to be 27. Yeah. Um, Tommy was 28. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah, but but, um, any, but anyway, like, I, I like the casting. I mean, Matt Barr, Matt, in all honesty, if we're going to casting here, Matt Barr looks more like he could be Aquaman than anyone else. I, I still think Sam Worthington should be Aquaman in live action. I still think Josh Dallas should be I, I, Aquaman. But, but the point is, you see what I'm saying? Like, this guy is too athletic-looking to be Barry Allen. Yeah. Cause now, 
Barry, because, oh sorry Andy, let me just get this out. Barry okay. in character before he gets zapped, he really is kind of like a Clark Kent kind of character. Kind of bumbling. Not to the extreme Clark is, but he is kind of a bumbling guy. And, and he's still, even when he's the Flash, the only reason he's more muscular in costume is because of the speed force and because he's channeling it at that point when he's using his powers. Otherwise, he's not really all that muscular. Yeah. And here, we're going to see him before he even gets his powers. Yeah, because there's no... I doubt we're going to see him get his powers on Arrow. Well, that they're saying that episode 20, which will be the backdoor pilot this season for, for The Flash, will essentially or supposedly be when he actually gets his powers, and that's when they will send him off into his yeah. own show. He either is going to get his powers in that episode, or he's going to already have them when he comes back. Because he's here for two episodes beforehand where he doesn't have powers. Okay, that's really late to have a backdoor pilot. No, but, because... I, no, Vampire Diaries did it this year. Well, That's no, I'm, I'm saying is that because usually episode 20 is when they're setting up for the season finale. That's true, but that's, like I said, that's what they're doing with Supernatural with their new show, their spinoff show. And we'll get to that later, Michael. I, I have some thoughts on the on the ninth season. But, any, but anyway... Um, I wanted to read you guys something. Okay. It's the, um, this is the character description that was released for Barry Allen, how he's going to be on Arrow. Barry. So, Barry. Um, Alan Tudyk is Superman. No. <laughs> uh, sorry, that's a, sorry, that's an inside joke between um, Andy and I. Go ahead, Andy. Um, okay. <clears throat> Barry Allen is a Central City assistant police for, for an ex investigator who arrives in Starling to look into a series of unexplained robberies that may have a connection to, to a tragedy in his past. A comic book fanboy, Barry is obsessed with the error, unaware that working with Oliver and Felicity to solve the crime has brought him right into the dangerous world of the vigilante. That is like the most open. That is like the most open-ended description I've ever heard. Why is he a comic book fanboy? Like, is are they trying to hint that they're now that the, the character of the Hood is going to get his own comic or whatever? The, he liked comics as a kid. That's comics canon. Yeah, oh, okay. they kind of they kind of mentioned that in the Flashpoint Paradox. The end. Something that will probably make you guys a little bit happy is that Grant Gustin, he's a big DC Comics fan, and he's, um, Good. I retweeted I retweet two, two great tweets that he did today to two fans. One was, um, yes, the, um, the fan asked, curious to know if you will be dyeing your hair for the role of Barry Allen. He said, don't know the answer to that, but I'm ready to do whatever's asked. And the second one was, um... Somebody had asked them, "Are you ready? Are you reading any of the Flash comics to prep for the role? The New Fifty Two run is ex excellent." He says, "I've been reading as many as I can get my hands on in the Comicsology app. I will love words of wisdom from Barry fans." Now I have to say, and this is just a sidebar. This has nothing to do with Arrow, but it does have to do with the Flash. Francis Manupol is leaving the Flash. I was going to get to that. I was going to get to that later. so many departures this week. He's leaving after issue twenty-five. And I'm so mad. I think I may probably drop the title, actually. No, Jeff Johns leaving, that doesn't surprise me much. Yeah, Jeff Johns is leaving Aquaman 2 at 25, which I'm going to drop that as well. But Because, I mean, if anybody knows who Jeff Johns is, and if you've been listening to the, any of our podcasts, you pretty much know who this guy is. It's not like he has nothing to do over at DC. Right. 
Well, and here's the thing too. Jeff Johns is the Brian Michael Bendis of DC, just as much as the Brian as Brian Michael Bendis is the Jeff Johns of Marvel. Yes. Like, like really, they have the same sort of jobs, and they have the same sort of I don't want to say writing style, but writing credit. Yeah, because they they are very different, but all very good, very good in their own ways. But I actually want to get into them later. But but to get, finish this, um, yeah. Yay or nay on this casting, guys, overall? Go you first, Michael, and I will say mine. Okay. I think he has the look. I think he has the right attitude towards it. So right now I'm going to say yay, but I want to see how he does because I've never seen him in anything. I um, like I said, I, I did freak out first and the night when it was announced for two hours. But here's the thing. 99% of the castings that Arrow has done for its first season and now for its second season has just been, I have to say, almost perfection. Except for Joanna. <laughs> kidding, kidding, kidding. <laughs> Except for Joanna. Leave oh, you... Joanna alone! Really, Michael, you told him what I said? <laughs> No, you put you put it on the comment section. Oh right, right. Oh, yeah. I thought I was I, I thought I was a DM to Michael. Um, no, but um, I freaked out for two hours. But then, like I said, you know, I trust these producers, and you know, you know, I think they did. You know, they've been searching for this guy for two months now, so I think they're probably, I think they probably did. Um, you know, a you know detailed and you know very careful decision. Um. So, and here's the thing: he is not a he's not a bad actor. I was I never thought he was a bad actor when he was rumored for, to being Flash. I just felt like maybe he wasn't the right choice because of maybe some looks and whatever. But I think that that can that can be fixed. And you know, I like his attitude, and I think he's I you know, I believe in him, and I I think he's gonna, I think he's going to surprise us a lot. I believe. So in I, I believe in Grant Gustin. Um, you, you, you guys are gonna have to learn his name, by the way. Yeah, I'll, I'll learn it. I'm, I'm just so used to calling him Sebastian, Andy. I mean, you have to, you have to forgive me on that. I'm actually really interested to see what he's gonna, what he's gonna do as a good guy because we've only Andy and I have only seen him play a bad guy. Although, he did turn good at, um, you know, after, not to be a downer, but like after them. Um, the Krasky suicide episode. Yeah, but that, but really, but that, I, didn't, that didn't justify I, anything. I, I, I don't, I don't think you could say that as turning good because if he was still a bad guy, I think that would have taken a little too far. But that's another story for another. That's another now I have to, for another time. Now I, I want to ask you guys. Um, how do you think that um, you know, you know, now we, you know, on the subject of casting, you know, now we have our Flash, but now we. You know what characters do they do? Do you, do you think that they need to, um, you know, get cast at least for the backer pilot, because you know we, I've, Iris. Yeah, we need to see Iris. I, Iris. I I I don't th I don't think we need to see anybody at this point. I think we need a mention at least. A mention, yes, but establish Barry first. Before you, because that's the, one of the things I really don't like about these backdoor pilots. The they introduce so many people when you don't even know if you're gonna get picked up or not. Well, at least a, a second character they should introduce, like I don't um, 
I I I re- I finished reading Rebirth the same day, uh, but I don't remember. Is there like a Quentin Lance character in um, Central City, Michael? Not really. Uh, he has a police director, Sai, uh, I think his name is, and I think he would actually be kind of cool to introduce on the show because he's such a minor character. But uh, other than that, none that I can think of. But okay. he would work. Okay, uh, actually, this is gonna this is gonna lead into my next discussion. I want to gi- I want to give a shout out to my friend Julia who sent me. Oh uh, well, first of all, she to pull the curtain back. I she I I talked to her about one something on Facebook a couple weeks ago, and I and I talked to her about the new Justice League, um, the new Justice League animated movie that's coming out, and she relate something very interesting to me. She said she really did not like the the Justice League New 52 and I was like, why? Couple days go by, I get this article article from her that she got off of comicbookresources.com and it's about um, how the New 52 has stopped working. Now Andy, you read this article. What, uh, what, are, your th- what are your thoughts about it? It's because it, I, I have, and uh, we'll get into we'll get into our thoughts on it. Well, I you know I, I I'm I'm a bit behind on some of my comics, and so and it, I don't know if I can agree fully because I I will say this, I think that right now the New Fifty Two is suffering from all these creative uh, moves that you know people are just dropping and dropping and dropping. I'm like. That's I think that that's I think that's the only thing that doesn't work right now. That the the creative team is not stable at the at the moment. Um, I think that uh, overall, I think you know with the books I'm reading, like Green Arrow and Justice League and JLA and Superman, it, it's been it's been working. The only book that didn't work for me was Batman: The Dark Knight because <laughs> they stayed with the same villain for like like they they had a villain for four five issues, then they had another villain for four, five issues, and so on. And it was just like. Um, hell no! Like, so I I don't know I don't I can't really comment too much on it because I'm not sure myself. Okay, Michael, you go and I'm gonna I'm gonna leave mine for last because it's pretty controversial and I want I want to leave that for last. I have read most of the New Fifty Two. I think there are definitely books that have not worked. I think Teen Titans worked at the beginning. I do not think it works now. I I thought Superman worked better at the beginning than it works now. It's starting to get convoluted. Hopefully, now that the creative teams are uh, now being formed, I think it's going to uh, go back up. But there are books that are hit or miss. Uh, Batman the Dark Knight, like Andy said, is not the best book. It's kind of harder to follow. But Batman is fantastic. Aquaman is fantastic. Flash is amazing. I've always liked Justice League. I'm not so sure it's stopped working. I think there are things that they need to fix, and I think there are things they need to change. But I think that people also felt the same way after Crisis of Infinite Earths back in the 80s when they had to reboot. In fact, I know people felt the same way back then, too. Um, But I think they definitely have a better grasp on their stories and what they want to do with their characters than Marvel does at this point. And again, I am reading Marvel now as well. Um, so I'm not saying that, uh, completely biasedly, as I'm really enjoying a lot of the books I'm reading for Marvel, but I, I, I think that overall the New 52 has been successful, and I think it will continue to be successful, um, 
So I, I'm, not, I'm not so sure that that article is accurate. I, I'm not so sure I feel the same way. First of all, I need to point out before I get started, this the, the, this article that we're referring to, if, if people want me to put it up on the, on the social network pages, I will. Here's the thing. I agree with this with this article 90, 95% and again this is an opinion article and this is not really about the new 52 uh, more about comic books in general I, I don't I think the magic I think the magic is gone from comic books and not mm. just and, and not just DC not just DC but from Marvel as well what I mean by magic I have not read a book in seven years that I was like, oh my god, that's the best thing I've read in a long time. I've not had that feeling. And I've read a lot of books. And a lot, and a lot of this is due to the fact that they're just, like, putting new shades on the same canvas. Like, they're doing different things with different ways. That's one part of it. The other part of it is, like, after, after 1999, I, I, I felt that the creative just started to go really down in both companies in terms of story. Artist-wise, I think it's still fantastic. Like, like visually, it's still fantastic. But stories have just not really hit as well since the late 1990s. And I think part of that is due to, like, a lot, both, both of the comic, both, the two major comic book companies becoming corporatized, but I can't really blame them too much on that because that's just that's just the way that a lot a lot of entertainment industry is like that now, to be honest. It, both of them are very corporatized, but I also I also think like you know because I think it's because geekdom has become so popular. And Michael, you've talked about this on podcasts before. It's mirroring, it's mirroring what we're seeing in live action TV or live action movies. I think the magic is gone. I really do. I can agree with you in some instances, instances, and others I can't. Well, and the, and you you disagree with me, and I'm only assuming you guys disagree with me because you guys are younger than me. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know I, if that even qualifies as a factor. Because uh, well, a, a little bit. Because I'll, t- not, because I'll tell you, like every everybody else that's m- closer to my age, they all agree with me. But why is why does the age matter? Because the age matters because we, I think we we were raised in that kind of post-crisis or pre-post-crisis era where a lot of these a lot of these ideas were never done before and now it seems like like the same the same the same thing just different shade which i'm not I'm, for i need to make this clear i'm not saying it's bad i'm just saying that i don't know it just doesn't have the same oomph to it as it used to and if you're enjoying it, enjoy it. But how many times, Michael, have you said Superman has not been, you know, y- you know, the the same way he's been, like for for years? Like how many times can you say that before you know it becomes, you know, kind of common knowledge? Well, and I don't disagree with that. But how many times have I praised Batman or Aquaman? But again, 
ba- Batman is the golden goose of DC. So is but Spider-Man. But not. And neither is Flash, really. But again, yeah. but again, look who's writing... Who, look who was writing Aquaman. And I'll give you that one, but that still doesn't explain Flash. I'm, I'm, just, say, I'm just saying, like, it's good, but it d- didn't... But it didn't, like, knock knock my socks off or anything. And I, I say that about a lot of comics even I enjoy. Like, I think the magic... Uh, and a part, of, a part of the other reason, too, is, like, a lot of the... A lot of the really good writers either passed away, unfortunately, or quit, or just got fed up with this corporate system that, you know... You know, I mentioned earlier. I, and I need to make this clear as well. If it was all one person's fault from Marvel and DC, if that's all it was, it would have been fixed a long time ago. And I think we, there's, I think there's one person at DC we can blame for a lot of things. But again, like, it, but if it was all one person, don't you think if they just fired that one person and put the right person in, it would all been fixed by now? To play no. devil's advocate, money. It's all. It's. It's not all just one person, and that's and that's the and that's the problem with this corporatized system that we live in. I'm not saying down with corporate systems, but again, like the magic's gone. I mean, and a lot of these writers, and I'm not gonna name any names, but a lot of writers have been told, no, you can't write it like this. You have to write it like this, or you have to draw it like this, or it has to be like this. And one thing the article points out is that a lot of the DC books have lost their kind of childish naivete, and that's okay for Green Arrow, and that's okay for Batman, but when Shazam gets serious, like, why? I don't disagree. No, I, I, I have an issue, though. That's been around since the 90s, at least. And and again, I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying that, it, like, it's all one person's fault. Again, it's not all one person's fault. But I don't. But really, something needs. I mean, I need to be very clear about this. When when the dot com boom, the dot com bubble burst in the late 1990s, almost every entertainment company was affected by this. I mean, let's be honest. Every company in the United States was affected by this. Right. So much so that Warner Brothers took more of a majority hold on DC, and so much so that Marvel wasn't even Marvel for a long time. Right. I mean, that's that's when all this stuff started happening. Because, I mean, let's face it, DC and Marvel were not run by businessmen. They were run by comic book fans. And now, and now that the corporate system has come in, it's it's different. And I have to tell you, I'm just saying, comic. I'm just talking strictly about comic books. The the the. I don't think they've really innovated all that much in the last seven years. I don't think they've broken a lot of new ground, to be quite honest. And I and, I mean, they they've ever they they've gone through a stage of evolution, not revolution. I have to say, I think that maybe something that is changing that, you know, making, you know, comics losing its, you know, magic. You know, I, have you been, you know, have you given the thought, uh, consideration that um, digital comics is, is now becoming sort of, a, sort of a thing? That's not an issue. That shouldn't be an issue. That, that, well, I mean, 
In my opinion, that should not that should not be uh, that should not be an issue. Sure, that could be a part of it, but I don't think that should be the vehicle that you show the artwork on should not be any 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 different. That's the that's the same argument. I mean, they used for three D animation when three D computer animation when that was coming out in the late eighties. I don't, I don't think, I don't think that has anything to do with it. It might from a corporate aspect, but it shouldn't affect it as much as, as I'm, I'm assuming you're, you're, you're stating it is, Andy. Uh, Michael, what do you think? I think that I don't like reading digital comics as much as I like holding it in my hand. So I think it is a big issue. Yeah. I don't think the issue, like you're saying, but I agree with Andy. I do think it is I, a part of it. Yeah, I w it would be silly of me not, not to disregard that as an issue, per, per se, no pun intended, issue, issue. But, <laughs> but, mm -hmm. but, with, but I, I, I mean, maybe I'm just showing my age. The, there has not been a revolution in comics since 1997. Well, I I think if you're gonna go that far, I don't think there's been a revolution in the comics since the early '80s. Yeah, and if you want to go further, uh, but you, <laughs> both of you guys, you see my point. Yeah, and I don't disagree with you on that standpoint. <sighs> However, I don't know if I would go so far as to say the stories are the same, because I don't agree with that. Okay. Okay. And that's just me because I've read every issue of Amazing Spider-Man. I've read almost every issue of Superman, well, post-Crisis. I've read all the old stuff, and I still don't feel that way. So I don't, you read I don't know 700 I issues of The Amazing Spider-Man? I have, actually. It's all on my uh, external hard drive, believe it or not. But <laughs> That's it, took long, yo. it took a long time. <laughs> like, That's how old were you, were you when you started? I started probably five or six years ago. But my main point here is again. You were, you were little. Yeah. Damn, dude, you you were little. But my main point here, ladies and gentlemen, and I don't mean to insult anybody. I'm just, I'm not insulting Marvel. I'm not even. I'm not insulting DC, the writers, the company, anything like that. I just feel that they've evolu evolutionized, not revolutionized, for a long time. I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, but like. I, and I think this could also go into a, a discussion of what is Comic-Con about anymore. It's, well, it's more about the media. It's, e exactly. Um... I, think, I think that's a... If, if you want to see my point about comic books losing their magic, look at WonderCon, look at what New York and San Diego Comic-Con... Oh, oh, wait, although... I, and I, was, um, I was talking to a, a lot of people at Comic-Con um, about, you know, this whole... How Comic-Con has evolved and so on. I was like... I asked them, like, um, you know, how do you feel about Comic-Con? You know, do you think it's becoming more of a place for comic book media, or do you think it's because still having that um, feeling to being just a comic book convention? My fr one of my friends who she do she goes to a lot of conventions. She says that conventions like um, New York Comic Con and uh, WonderCon, it's not like Comic Con at all. It's actually a bit more closer to what it used to be. Here's my opinion. Here's my opinion on Comic Con. I'll just say this, and I'll let whoever needs to talk next. I think Comic Con should be about comic books. I think vendors should be allowed if they're doing comic book related things. And I think you should allow comic book movies or television to be there and promote their material. Absolutely. 
I do not like the fact that now a lot of movies, a lot of books, a lot of online stuff, and a lot of just regular drama TV shows have weaseled their way in under the guise that they can be... <clears throat> How much you wonder? <clears throat> sorry, what? I'm, just, well, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Andy. If, if you want to go there, go Glee. No, I was... I was yeah, yeah, okay, I, that's weird as well. And Big now, Bang. I mean, the show is something like Big Bang Theory, and it has a big comic book influence, fine. But, but, Bones, no, no, yeah. but Bones and but Glee? And Glee, no. Yeah. I think the only reason they bring Bones is because of David Boreanaz. The name is San Diego Comic Con. I, I went there in 2009 for comic books, and that was not all I saw. And I was actually kind of saddened by that. Yeah. That is David why was I... More you know what's so horrible as well with this is that, um, you know, you, you may have heard I slept out like every night. And, you know, it's ridiculous how many people are lining up and so on, for, you know, for these panels and so on. Like, you know, I know that, you know, uh, my, my friend who went to Comic-Con like 20 years ago, she said that, you know, that you before you, you were able just to just go into a panel, whatever panel you wanted to go. But... um so like that's that's a way of showing how it has evolved into you know not necessarily a good thing, but yeah I do agree with you guys that there are a lot of TV shows that has you know I you know the moves they take there is um, kind of makes sense although I don't know if what's that new movie with George Clooney and Sandra Bullock Gravity uh, Gravity yeah yeah I watching the trailer I was like why the heck For, is this even here Forget that like. I'll go. I'll go back to 2009 when Twilight got a panel. That, that's <laughs> it. It makes sense, even though I hate to say because it's fantasy. Yes, I know, but like not comic book fantasy. But yeah, and if it were an a movie, go for it. If it were a Witchblade movie, go for it. But not this teen fantasy novel that's written for. Teen girls. Yes, and granted, I know Comic Con made more money that year than I think it ever did in previous years, and it's still one of the highest years when they did that. But I, come on, I mean, I like Glee, I like Bones, but but going back to my main point, I really don't think there could be a time unless the like the original shareholders of DC and Marvel come come back come back and gain control of these companies which if you're looking at the news right now I don't think it's going to happen in the foreseeable future I think the the quality of books is just going to go up into this like kind of up and down up and down kind of like you know line graph now granted now, now to leave with something a little positive, and then we'll go into our next thing. Granted, the 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 adaptations, the TV shows, the animated series, the live action movies and TV have been doing better than they ever have. But I think as a kind of a backlash or as a as a ripple effect, I think the books have suffered because they're either too. I because they're being too much like the things that are adapted from, which is actually a weird kind of paradox. The thing yeah. that's adapted from the books is actually getting repackaged within the books, and it's actually watering down the product. I know. I know. I heard it in Fiora. Hang on. I, I was just saying, if you want to have a story arc in a, com a specific comic book that includes a villain who's going to be appear in a movie. That year, like last year, Amazing Spider-Man, I remember they had a short arc with the Lizard. When Dark Knight Rises came out, they had a short arc with Bane and Batman the Dark Knight. I'm okay with that, 
but I don't need to constantly see the movie version of the Avengers in the Avengers book. I don't constantly need to see you refigure someone's powers or refigure someone's relationship with another character based on how it is in a movie. I, I don't need that. I read the comic books for those specific characters. I think, in fact, this is me, and I'll say this again, I think the Avengers ruined the character of Clint Barton. I thought he was not portrayed very well at all in that movie. But I love him to death in the comic books. Which is which is actually a weird paradox. If you want to blame if you want to blame somebody in both companies for how why it's not as good right now, blame the people that own the properties. I'm just gonna say it. I think that's part of it. But if I can raise you up one, Wu, I think the real problem here is the fans. I think that's the real. I think the companies are trying too hard to make the fans buy things by giving them too much of what they like. I'll, 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 raise, I'll, raise, you in a, I'll, I'll raise you another thing. It's not the fans as so much as the internet. Which, yeah, which is still part of the fan. Like, here's the thing. I, I think, and again, I don't personally like this choice for the story, but I think the fact that Dan Slott had the balls to kill off Peter Parker and put Dr. Octopus in his body and make him the superior Spider-Man, I think that was an awesome thing for him to do. That was a new, bold choice. Doesn't mean it was loved. Doesn't mean it was despised. It was a bold choice. I personally do not like it, but I give him... I'm disgusted by it. But that's not the point. The point is he had the guts to try something new and different. Exactly. Here's the thing. When Stan Lee first started the Amazing Spider-Man books, or when Gardner Fox first started Justice League, they did whatever they wanted to because it was their story and they were in control of it. And there, and was, and there, was, no cor- there was no corporate entity. Like, say, for example, like Coca-Cola. Let's say Coca-Cola owned Marvel. There was was no, well, I mean, George Lucas, I mean, not to go go ping pong all over the place, George Lucas started off the Star Wars documentary back in 2005 saying in the late 60s, a lot of the the movie studios, the heads of the movie studios, the Warner, the actual Warner Brothers, the Xanax, were were retiring and selling out to these big corporations like Columbia Pictures and like before it was bought by Sony was bought by Coca-Cola so they had no idea how to run a movie studio all they know is for example hey if the notebook did like 25 million dollars why don't we do three notebooks because they look at demographics they think it's just like soda if like one thing sells really good. Let's get three of these really good. And if it doesn't work out, we'll just kill it. it right. That's not how it works in entertainment. Well, and that's why there are four Batman comic titles right now. And I'm not going to say I don't like at least three of them because Detective Batman and Robin and Batman are fantastic. But that fourth one is killing the set. And because the they don't know what to do with it. They just have it there to sell more. And here's the, the thing. Night. I'm not saying the create. Yeah. I'm not saying the creators don't have any control and can't do their stories because I think Scott Snyder and Jeff Johns can definitely pull off their stories. I think the same thing with Michael Bryan and Jonathan Hickman on the current Avengers book. But I do think the corporation part of the company has way too much say. And I think, and I, and this is me because I went back and watched the with great power of the Stanley story documentary this past weekend. I really think, 
and this is what Stanley kind of said too, that they need to start going back to what it was back when they first started, where it was just a bunch of creators having a good time and telling stories they wanted to tell, and they didn't have to worry about anything else. Because they didn't. Because they didn't look. I mean, I mean Harry 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 Donenfeld and and. Mark Martin Goodwin and Jack Martin Goodman and Jack Leibowitz. Those are the original publishers of, of Timely Comics and DC Publications. Timely was Marvel before it became Marvel. They didn't look at this as a Fortune 500 company where we could where we could use this to like 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 really lay down our retirement. We just. Mar Three guys for the longest time. Yeah, and one of those guys was Stanley, and the other guy was um, Jack Kirby, God rest his soul. And Steve Ditko. Yeah. No, not Steve Ditko. Uh, shoot. You'll, you'll think of it. Who was it, Michael? But point is, like, you see our point, ladies and gentlemen? And I, I, I could say at the same point about almost every, every, um form of entertainment post-1999, because let's face it, I don't want to make this into a political show, but 9-11 made everybody very, like, hypersensitive about their financial plans. About everything, really, yeah. not just but, everything. But going into, like, from this aspect, it made everybody very, very hypersensitive about what content you could show, what how much money you could spend on a certain thing to the point where we really haven't gotten out of it. And I don't think in the foreseeable future we'll, we will for another like 15 years, unfortunately. On yeah. that note, I, I, Michael, you posted something on, um, on, um, um, uh, this, I think this Wednesday on Instagram. Um, it was Spider-Man. He was, it, first I didn't know what it was, but like what, what, what does this have to do with nine eleven? And I'm like, oh, I can see the towers in his eyes. Yeah. And exactly. I remember, the, the there was this. There was a trailer like back in the days that um, there was a teaser for Spider-Man, and uh, with Tobey Maguire, and he he caught uh, a bunch of thieves in from a helicopter and caught them between the towers in the net. But then they had to take it down after 9/11. Show it, and now it's only on YouTube. You can only find it there. And then they had a poster even of Spider-Man behind a building, and in his eyes, you saw the uh, the World Trade Center towers. Yeah. I but mean, they took down too. I mean, all, all of the things that we just mentioned just now are are uh, are a direct um, co conduit or a re direct result of why the books are not doing so well. Another another reason is, uh, is unfortunately the the corporations that oversee these these companies now they don't see the comic book industry as a viable industry. The characters may be. The licenses, but the books themselves, not so much. Yeah. Well, and, and I want to go back to a point real quick, because I, I do want to go back and agree with you. I, I do think, I don't think that the stories, a lot of the character stories they tell with a lot of the superheroes we love, know and love nowadays are as good as ones back in the day. Yeah. I do say that because I do agree with you there. I do not think a lot of them are as good. However... There are, as always, there are always exceptions where there are stories that are just as great as some of the classics and some that are worse. Yeah. Me, personally, I'm not a huge fan of Batman Rip or the Batman Incorporated saga. I didn't like that at all. But I think Scott Snyder's Corvallis and I think his Death of the Family are fantastic and phenomenal. Yeah. And I think 
up there with the classic stories. I'm not, so, I'm not, I'm not saying that they're horrible. I'm just saying you haven't given me anything. I mean, this is the first time that I'm saying this on air. You haven't given me anything really new in the last 10, 15 years. Well, Court of Owls is pretty new. I guess that was my point. Yeah, but I could still notice the takes from Batman animated series. Well, I mean, there are always going to be inspirations. Outside of the original writers writing it, there are always inspirations. I get it, and maybe I'm showing my age, but again, if you guys are enjoying it, enjoy it. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, that's one of the reasons why I've been disenchanted by the books. Like, we have not gotten the equivalent of Kingdom Come or Dark Knight Returns yet, and I don't think within the corporate structure that we have now, I don't think we're going to get that. And, and I do want to remind everybody, we're not saying that the writers don't have any free will or anything like that, but it is very corporate now. And they're very, the companies are very controlling what the writers do in their stories. However, that is not always the case. There are a lot of writers who have a great time doing their stories and have a great time interacting with fans and really have a great time just selling their books. I think they really enjoy what they're doing for the most part, at least think, a lot. I think a lot of, and also to be fair too, to be fair to like a lot of these, uh, to the the fans who do love it, a lot of these new writers are just bitter that they don't have the the same control as a Mark Wade or a Grant Morrison or a or you know, or Brian, Michael, or, or Brian Michael Bendis or uh, Jeff Johns, and I think a lot of them are bitter because a lot of a lot of these got a lot of these guys are comic book geeks that really don't have a lot of social skills. And I'm not, and I'm not, and I'm not naming any names, but I, I'm doubt. I'll name a name. But, That's the only one I can say for sure. But but there, and I think there is a lot more. That's why I'm not naming any names because a lot of these guys are just bitter that they have to work a little harder than, say, say Frank Miller or Mark Wade did. And to that I say, well, too bad. I mean, I mean, welcome, to, welcome to the world of corporate business. Yeah. But yeah. going, going. I want, oh, you wanted to say something, Andy? Uh, are you are you done about the comic um, discussion? Yeah, because I wanted to get into Lois and Clark a little bit. Yeah, I wanted to go back just quickly um, to 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 the, to the Flash, uh, if that's okay, because I really wanted to talk to you guys about this. Uh, okay. Um, okay, so I talked to a couple of my friends, and you know, I've seen discussions all over the internet since this casting was done, and I think this could this casting would. No offense to Grant Huston, I think this casting could could actually be a sign that they are not actually connecting the TV universe to the Marvel to not the Marvel universe. How ah, that would be weird to the movie universe of DC. And once again, nothing to do with Grant Gustin, but I think that the casting could be a sign of that. Would you say the same thing if Matt Barr was cast? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I could see it be more possible if he had been cast, but I, I would still say that um, that there might be a chance that they would not connect the universes as well. But, um, um, and I'm like... <sighs> I think this, it, I mean, to be fair, Andy, I think this does more to do with your hesitation on Justin. Because if Matt Barr was cast, I don't, like I said, I don't think you would be feeling this, to be fair. I, I would, I... Very out might be feeling that way instead. Say that again, Michael. I just said I I don't I don't think he would have been good as Barry Allen, so I might have felt that way instead of Andy. Yeah. 
Because I, I, every time we talk about casting, I have to remind myself it's because I like this person more than I like him in the role. Which is why I always like when we get more unknown people or people I'm not familiar exactly. with. Exactly. Or Henry Cavill. Like, even Ben Affleck, like, I'm familiar with him. I've seen four movies with him in it, but I don't know him maybe as well as I know Christian Bale. And see, and see, that's why we're getting the Ben Affleck backlash, the Batflack ash. See, and again, that goes back to the one of the core problems is the fans, the internet. Yeah. It's ridiculous. The, the, internet, has ru- the internet has ruined fandom, but it has also helped fandom. It's the well, I mean, it's the all, ultimate double-edged sword, other, if I can go that far. All three of us met each other because of the internet, so of course it helps fandom, but... But it's also a double-edged sword, because it also... Because all these guys that... I, I'll just say it, a lot of people on the internet who think they have talent, and they don't... They couldn't have talent if they worked for 17 years, let's be honest. Yeah. These guys that will probably be working at checkers and rallies for the rest of their lives, like, who think they're, like... Ouch. No, I'm just gonna say it, because there are a lot of, like, these trolls that think that they... They're so talented that they could change the industry. You know the people... Thanks, You know the... Well, (laughs) no, he's just an egotist, but... But, I don't like him. Here, I'm sorry. But here's the here's the thing. Oh, let me finish my thing. People okay. that change the industry, they don't go out. They don't they don't do it by thinking they're gonna do that. They just do. They just do great work. And to be fair, I think there are a lot of people on the internet who are very talented. I think there are a lot of people on, and I'm gonna say this right now, fanfiction.net. Not necessarily myself, but there are a lot of people on there who are very talented writers, and I think would do very well professionally. However, there are people on there who are also, again, not saying necessarily myself, but very bad. Yeah. And also, just because you have talent does not mean you're great. No. Jeez, thanks. No, I mean, I'm kidding. I'm sorry, like, a lot of us as entertainers or as writers think that just because somebody thinks you have talent doesn't mean you're, doesn't mean you're going to be necessarily good or great. Well, look at all the uh, auditions on The X Factor or American Idol. Like, I think that's the funniest thing And going to Max Landis for a little bit, I think people bashing him is part of the reason he's still around. He better not get his Wonder Woman picture uh, greenlit, though. But you know what I mean? Like, if people would stop talking about Miley Cyrus, she wouldn't matter. If people would stop talking about Max Landis, people would be like, who's that? What about about Miley Cyrus? What has she done this time? Well, no, I'm just saying. Exactly. Exactly. Your reaction is exactly why she's still around. I don't don't care about Miley Cyrus that much. I don't... I don't... And... To, to, going to Max Landis for a little bit, I'm, I know a lot of people outside the geek community. No one knows who that guy even is. Yeah. Only we do. So, so we're just as guilty as, any, as anyone for the fact that he has a career or is viable on the internet because I've I've met pe- people that only listen to One Direction and you know Robin Thicke and that kind of thing they have no idea who this guy is oh you I 
At first, I felt you, you when you said One Direction. I was like, "What? Did, oh, he talk, I, I didn't realize you were talking about the band first. Yeah, yeah, I know. I made that mistake too. But you guys get my point. If we would stop complaining about the guy, he would go away. I wouldn't be completely sure about that, but I'd get your. Point, but he yeah. wouldn't be I, as big. Is my point. If if no. he wasn't alive, I think you know people want to talk but about again, it. But again, those snide uh, remarks are just feeding the flames, Andy. Like, they're, and, like, and 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 I kind of made that sound like a death threat. I, I'm, I'm, but, I'm, but again, I'm, but again, like people like Max Landis believe the old adage: "There's nothing. There's no such thing as bad press." No, there's not. Yeah, he's a shining example, and to him, I say, good for him because he's playing into people. Yeah. I I don't acknowledge him just because, like like I said, I think he's a peon. I think, I think he is an insignificant p- person, you know, and that's why I hardly acknowledge him. He's a him. dick. And that's why I don't acknowledge him. But again, to, uh, to, to go back to my original point, I'm not saying all the books are bad. I'm not saying that there's no good material out there. I'm just saying I have not been wowed in a long time. And th- there is a lot of older fans that feel the same way. And if you're enjoying it, enjoy it. But don't be surprised in ten and fi- ten or fifteen years you're gonna be in, gonna be in the same boat as me. And I didn't come up with that. That was Michael Bailey who said that once. Yeah. Now, yes, um, you, you know, you... oh, oh, go on. Michael, go. I was just saying, I'm I'm kind of at to an extent. I'm at the point where you are too, Lou. Yeah. I'm I'm just saying you're not alone. I I don't disagree. And, you are not alone. And really, I think the shuffling for the writers for DC, particularly with DC, is they want to keep something fresh. But I, I look at it as like a hot air balloon. If that thing's coming off the ground and starting to rise, why would you poke a, poke a hole in the balloon? Well, I, I know for a fact that Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, the writer artist team for Batman, I know they're at least they're on for at least twenty five more issues. So that made me happy because a lot of people are getting dropped after issue 25. Yeah, yeah, but my whole thing is, and again, maybe it's the sign of the times, if that thing's starting to rise, I would let it rise until there's no more air left in that balloon. I agree. But um, but again, it's not up to me. And like I said, if it was all one person's... But should. But if it was all one person's fault, it would be a lot easier problem to fix. I need to say that again. Now, just going back to, the, you know, just to wrap up the Flash thing, whatever. Um, it's, I was really, ho- you know, like, look, I'm, you know, who knows? Maybe Gustin will be so good that that maybe he, that, you know, because I'm, I'm hoping and assuming that there, that there might be enough chance that maybe a Warner Brothers um, executive or like a movie casting director may have been in there to see if you know if is this kid possibly. You know, movie material. Um, you know, because I want a cohesive universe. I don't want to see anyone else play Green Arrow right now than Stephen Amell because, well, I don't need. I, he's, you know, he's perfect. I, I you think, know, he's. Oh, 
I think it needs to be said that it has not been verified by anyone that Arrow or Flash will be in a Justice League movie at all. Yeah, that's why I say, you know, if and when, uh, if it's, you know, if it's tied at all, like, because... We're just assuming that because we heard somewhere from a quote-unquote reputable source. No, no, not, no, not even that. It's just been something people have been speaking. There's not even been a rumor but, that but it's again, been connected. But again, what, I mean, we've had a lot of rumors over the last seven years as in, in the geek community. How many of those rumors have actually turned out to be true? Uh, oh. I think it's half and half, actually. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, like, he, we shouldn't, like, confirm anything until we get a press release from WB or DC. Yeah, that, yeah, that. that's. I I just need to repeat that just so that we uh, that that people don't get ideas because once in this community once people get ideas in their heads it runs through them like a, a stream of consciousness see what i did there got a little visual for you guys yeah that's why like i you know that's why i say you know if it you know it ends up being connected you know you know right now there's no confirmation and so on all we know is that you know that you know arrow will introduce superpowers but that doesn't you know it could be like Smallville. Like, you know, okay, they have superpowers, whatever. Please let but... it don't be like Smallville. What's wrong well, with Smallville superpowers? Yeah, yeah, I'm so- exactly. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And this actually, uh, this actually gets me into our next topic, unless you have something else to say about Flash, Andy. It's all Summer Glouds, Paul. Yeah, you leave her alone. <laughs> um, let the record uh... show. It was not me who said that. It was Michael G. Penny. Although my, you're you're the only well, when you and I Skype, you you're the only, always the one who says that. Not all. I'm focusing on Arrow as a whole, not just one character. But it's still Summer fault. She ruined the comic it, book industry. Again, <laughs> again, again, why couldn't why couldn't you guest star on Two and a Half Men or some of these god awful shows on CBS? Just guest star on it's, all. CBS shows and then we'll be oh my you guys are nuts um no okay I'm done with Flash okay um the anniversary of Lois and Clark the new adventures of Superman the 20th anniversary of the first season of Lois and Clark happened this week 20 years wow makes you feel really old yeah I'm turning 20 in just a month I will I will be old I'm turning 28 so well nobody cares oh thank you very much (laughs) thank you very much and, well, no, you, you, and no one, you don't have, you, and no one cared about Matt Barr. Okay, moving on. Yeah, yeah. As Matt, more people. Woo! Do you, oh well, you don't read the internet as much as I do, apparently. But yeah. like, no, but like nobody cares about you because you don't have a zero in your age. You have an eight. So you know when you get when you turn tw- thirty, people will care. I'm sorry, that was hilarious, Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, uh, yeah. I know. Ooh, I'm, t- I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna be a teenager anymore after this i'm gonna be 20 i'm not gonna have t- you know 19 i'm not gonna be teen in my age anymore um most people look at that as a good thing thank you very much so i but don't I, know i, I feel well, I, I don't know why most people in the, most people in this country don't look at that as a bad thing michael are you gonna be dreading when you turn 20 Hey, I kind of dreaded when I turned 18 because now my mom could kick me out of the house. <laughs> well, well, going back to going back to Lois and Clark. Yeah, yeah, 
just use, just use puppy eyes whenever she tries to throw you out, and it will be fine. Going yeah. back to Lois and Clark, I I think this sh- I think this show doesn't get enough credit for what it did for Superman. Agreed. And, and what it did for the legacy of Superman. First of all, it was the first show that actually had Lois as a ahead of Superman in any title. Yeah, she came before Superman in the title. Yeah. Yeah, she came before Superman, and that was a very bold move for the time. I watched the pilot today, I watch, and I think you can watch the pilot on the WB.com, I think. I'm not totally sure about that. I didn't look. I should have. Um, this is the first Superman story that didn't start out in space or Krypton. Yeah. Yeah. This was the, this was the first Superman story that... Well, if you want to talk comics, this was the first technically post-crisis Superman story ever in live action. In live action, yeah. I was going to say, the comics started at least five or six years beforehand. Yeah. Um, This is is the first time that you actually see Lois Lane not be the damsel in distress. Because even Margot Kidder pretty pretty much played, like... That kind of character. That's all she played. Yeah, that's... Punched her son Superman too. And really, and really, Terry Hatcher, I don't think, gets enough credit for the amazing work that she did. Making this woman feel like an actual woman and not someone that looked like a complete comic book character or someone to be repelled by. Yeah. Like, she... Lois Lane, for the first time in the... And I remember watching the George Reeves and Christopher Reeves stuff... Lois Lane did not look and feel like a woman that I could meet on the street. I could have met Margot Kidder on. Oh, I did meet Margot Kidder, but I could have met Matt Lane. Oh my! You 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 just wanted to plant that in, Michael. My my point being, name dropper, is that Lois Lane actually felt like an actual woman, like an actual person. For a lot for a lot of these characters, they felt like actual people for the first time ever. I met Tracy Scoggins too. Yeah, and she <laughs> and she still looks exactly the same. Um, she don't, She acts like Cat Grant, and it scared me. She started and, punching. And and here's the here's the thing about Cat Grant. The reason why she was let go in season two of Lois and Clark because her her character was too racy for ABC on Sunday nights. That's why they cut her character. That's sad. I keep forgetting that it was on ABC. I'm like, how did something like how did like a Wonder Woman show end up on ABC? Like, you know, because, like because back then they were like again, again going back to the corporate thing, they weren't like so paranoid about their intellectual properties. Like after 1987, like entertainment became very corporatized, and you have to put products in TV shows to gain more money and this and the other. But anyway. Like, and Dean Cain's Clark Kent, and and by the way, this is the first this is the first Superman thing ever to actually show Clark Kent, before Kal El, before Superman. Yep. And one of the things that kind of bothers me: why does he wear glasses? Yeah. That why bo- are you writing a book? <laughs> okay, sorry. Well, I don't, I don't get it. Like, what do you mean? Like, why does he wear glasses? He because, always wears glasses. Because he's not Superman yet. Why would he need to wear glasses? Right. 
Well, in the com- well, in the comedy he has done, like you know, I know in Secret Orders, he you know, no wait, um, he wore glasses, like you but know. But again, this uh, uh, and that's all well and good, but Secret Origins came after Lois and Clark. Well, and here's True. the thing, Andy. In Post Crisis, in Super- in the Man of Steel story by John Byrne, he didn't wear glasses when he first started saving people in his normal attire. And it's and here he does automatically before he even gets the costume or anything. That's that's Wu's point. Yeah, and that that was really odd because why would you why would you need to wear glasses if no one even knows who you are yet? And by the way, if you watch the pilot of Lewis and Clark when the bus comes running down the street, I think I've actually driven on that street in Los Angeles. And it looks ex- and it looks exactly the same. Not this, not the Daily Planet set because that's a back lot on Warner Brothers. It's actually still there, Michael. I think that's- Supernatural actually shot a couple episodes on that back lot. Same one that ER used as well. But the street, that's the exact same street. Um, for the, for this Clark Kent, one of the things I liked about it, it this was the first Clark Kent that actually used the the the. Earth One birthright thing of traveling around different cultures, studying people. Yep. Which I actually like better than the Fortress. I I I, I like when they use both because it gives them two different perspectives on it. But I think for like the late late eighties, early nineties, I think that that was a better way to go. Agreed. And I wonder what the photo would have looked like on Lois and Clark if it had been there. <laughs> because they did, because they did show Krypton. But actually, this is the and also the first like Superman series not to show Krypton until like episode nine. Like we don't even, we don't. He doesn't. He like his parents don't even know where he came from. Well, we don't see Krypton on Smallville until well, how long? But <laughs> but no, we get Jor-El. But, but Clark figures out very early, like, who he is, like... Yeah, season two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing I liked about the Lois and Clark... Okay, here's one thing, and then I'll go into what I was going to say. This is also the first time we see post-crisis billionaire evil man Lex Luthor. Oh, John She was so good. He was excellent. He was fantastic. Yes, Although Rosenbaum ended up being... You know, I think that was, you know, it was, you know, it was the beginning, of course, of, you know, getting to see that kind of Lex Luthor but in. Michael, but Michael Rosenbaum, I think, really played into what John Shea originated. Because before that, Lex Luthor was a, a, a very repellent guy before yeah. the post-crisis. I mean, he was Dr. Evil, more or less, before yeah. the post-crisis. Now, now, because of John Shea, he was good-looking, he was, you know charming you couldn't see why you know people were attracted to him well they changed his appearance in the comics based off of that show because even at the beginning of post-crisis Lex Luthor was a fat guy yeah he still looked like the kingpin yeah yeah wait what and by the way I have to say I like Michael Clark Duncan's kingpin the best out of any kingpin and I think kingpin from not be black but moving on. Yeah, but going back to John Shea, I and I, I don't think this might have been in the Burn comics, but this is also the first time that I saw the triangle between Lex Clark and a Superman love interest. I think they might have done it on Superboy, but this was when they really took it 
to the forefront with this series. And yes, that was in the Burn comics. Yeah. And I love that kind of interesting interesting dynamic because it's not it's not best friend versus best friend. It's you know, Superman, Lex Luthor, and here here's the crazy thing and this is the thing I really like. Lois was equally attracted to both Lex Luthor and to Superman. Yeah, because she didn't realize he was evil. Yeah. And John Che, and one of the things that I liked about the pilot more than it, more than anything else is if that was the only episode of the series, it would have been okay. Most pilots now lead into the next episode. Yep. Just assuming that there will be a next episode. Lois and Clark, I think the last one that really did did this, and Andy will appreciate this, was Glee. That I saw that you, if you didn't have a second episode, you would have been fine. Because the story was wrapped up. But with all these... Oh, uh, Smallville pilot, too. No. Like I don't watch anything other than that. I no, don't. Maybe no. Not, but I don't. No, because I felt that... So much so that they actually used it in episode two. Like, you... But if you hadn't ever seen episode two. I, I had the feeling that there was going to be an episode two, just the way they... How they ended it. That's fair. And same thing with Supernatural, to be honest with you. Same thing with Chuck, to be honest with you. Yep. Like, they don't... I know it's a different time, and that's what... They don't do that anymore, but Lois and Clark really made you feel if that was the only episode of that series, we'd be... We'd be good. And also, to that point, Lois and Clark, if that finale of that season one would have been it, we would have been fine. Yep. Because you could think in your mind where it would go. I agree. And I don't, and I don't think that, I don't think that show gets enough credit for modernizing Superman. And really, I don't think that show, Smallville would have happened if not for Lois and Clark first. Mm, I don't know about that. I think it, because it's it, it's actually because the reason why Small happened was because they they were developing a Bruce Wayne show, and then it ended up becoming. But the content uh, within it, I don't think, I don't think would have would have been as updated as it would have been. If not for Lois and Clark first. I think it would have uh, been updated with the times. I don't know if it would have been structured the same. Because because I think I think Smallville for me for a lot of for a lot of things didn't really further the Superman mythos as much as Lois and Clark did. In my so the mind. thing was they were they were never supposed to do that in the beginning, you know, when Al you know, Alan Miles' plan was always that it was more about Clark Kent, you know, as a teenager. You know, it was you know like I think you and I talked about this a few weeks ago. Wu, that you know that small was really a, like a team drama show. Yeah, and that's why I didn't like it. It it really played into what was going on at the time, and I guess Lawson Clark did that too. But it really was just a superhero show, a teen drama with a superhero show. No, but that said, um, Clark was still definitely a drama with a superhero show. Yeah. But with Lois and Clark was more a romantic comedy with an aspect of a superhero show. But again, again, like, when Smallville aired, we had already seen, like, five, six teen dramas with genre stuff. Andy knows what I'm talking about. 
you know what I'm talking about, Michael. But with Boys and Clark, it was really new. It was really fresh. And funny story about the premiere of Boys and Clark. It was up against Sequest. Deborah Joy Levine, the queen. Uh, I have no idea what that is. Yeah, well, yeah, Michael. Um, Michael knows Damn, who you are. Damn, who you are, old. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> Michael, Michael, you, you know what it is. And Deborah Joy Levine was talking about it on the commentary for the pilot. She was saying, please don't put us up against Sequest. Because Sequest, at the time, it was an underwater adventure show that was produced by Steven Spielberg. Yep. Who, which, if you think about the summer before, 1993 was the summer that Jurassic Park had just come out. Yep. And Spielberg, never seen a meter. And Spielberg was the most popular he had ever been. And by the way, if you're keeping track, Jurassic Park is Steven Spielberg's best movie, box office wise, to this day. That's interesting. That he, I didn't know. He has not. He has not been that commercially popular since. He's been very good, but he's not been that commercially popular since. The problem with Sequest was they changed main cast members every season. Also, the content wasn't very good from what I remember. I watched it when I was seven, and I'm thinking back to, did I enjoy this show? And I I'm watched like, it a long time ago on, like, reruns. It was yeah. terrible. But again, but again, like, when you're, when you're seven years old, you're thinking, wow, this is really good. Now, looking back on it, it was like, this was not as good as Lois and Clark. But of course, being produced by Spielberg, everybody watched Lois, everybody watched Sequest, and no one watched Lois and Clark. Idiots. Yeah. And, and really, that's, that's why that show got such low ratings it did for that first year. Any, anyway, I, I think, I, lo I love the dynamic between Lois and Clark, the two main characters. I thought Dean Cain and Terry Hatcher did a bent, a bent. Oh, they had great, they had great chemistry. And it really, and it really made you believe why Superman loves this woman and why Lois loves this, love, loves this guy. I don't think I ever, I don't think I ever believed that relationship before the show. Plus, you had Robert Singer on that show. And, and you, and you had Phil, Phil Singer. Sinertia, who would later go on to to do the um, Supernatural. Also, you had Jake Gruska, who would also do the music for Charmed and for Supernatural. Yep. Great theme song, by the way. Great yeah. score, by the way, on that I show. I love that theme. Yeah. And, and, and really, ultimately, I think the legacy of Lois and Clark was as a bridge into what Smallville eventually became. I think Lois and Clark did that better, though. Yeah, I, I, I do too, to be honest. Because let's be honest, Alan Miles really didn't have a vision, have a vision for that show. Well, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking the later three seasons between Clark and Lois. Like I loved their chemistry just as much as I loved it on Lois and Clark. That was fine. I didn't feel it worked as well within the context of the story. Feel it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I to I totally do. Um, but and also, by the way, Lane Smith, best Perry White ever. Yes. In my opinion, God rest his oh soul. Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, I mean, 
Of course there's some campy elements to it, but it looks campy now looking back on it. I think in 10 years, we're going to feel the same way about Smallville. I already feel the same way about Smallville. Yeah. Oh, I, oh you I, sucker. I, I, I do too. Andy, you, you've... It's been two years. It's been two years. But we watched the show for 10. And I can say the same thing about Buffy too. Well, I go back and even watch the the pilots, the Supernatural, and Chuck, and I'll be honest with you, I already feel old. I already feel it's dated. Even you don't you don't get to see him. More so with more so with Smallville than Supernatural, to be honest. I agree. Well, yeah. Well, and that and that's mainly because that was five years before Supernatural. Yeah, and really, Supernatural doesn't deal with pop culture references. Well, they can because they are out on the road all the time. Well, well, no matter the reason, Andy, the the truth is still the truth. Like, the thing that hurt hurt Smallville for me was all that pop music. See, and I can't find it. It, Like, Smallville to this day is still, like, the only real teen drama show I've ever watched. Yeah, and that's why I didn't like Smallville, to be honest. Because I'd already seen that on Buffy already. I didn't need to see it again. Yeah. And just taking just, just taking a short break from the Lewis and Clark but here's another reason why I love Emily Bet Ricard so much. She just posted on her Instagram that she's reading <laughs> she's reading Flash. Yep. And it's it, it's apparently um the trial of the Flash and she's and uh, she wrote that Saturday, hashtag Flaro, hashtag arrow, hashtag flash. Yep, that's one where he's put on trial because he snaps Professor Zoom's neck. Okay. Oh my god, I I love Rebirth so much. I know, Rebirth is so good, it's fantastic. Okay, thank you for the random geekasm of Mr. Fabacht. Um, F- I'm sorry. It's okay, it's okay. <laughs> you, want to talk, you, you want to talk about something that aired 20 years ago? Fine. Well, it's because it's the anniversary. It's to... also the anniversary of the X-Men this week. Oh, really? Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, that's right. Because we actually grew up with good kid shows, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. We were the last yeah. generation to actually have good kid shows across yep. the board. Um, but even though Lois and Clark wasn't a kid show, again... It was a, it was a family show. A, no, oh, no, 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 it was not a family show. The, looking back on it now, it was not a family show. There was a For the 90s, that show was pretty racy. For the 90s, but if you look at it now, like, I, I could watch that with my nine-year-old sister. But again, like... But there are, but there is some like subtle. This was back in the days when innuendo was actually done well. Now they don't. Yeah. Even, now, now they don't even try to hide it anymore. Now, yeah, now they just don't care. Yeah, like like back in the day, like you would rarely ever hear the word ass on TV. Now they yep. use it freely. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I miss those days. So. Yeah, because like it or not, that was intelligent writing, and one of one of the best. Okay, first of all, I think Lois and Clark was the first one to actually establish um, Lois calling him Superman. Well, didn't I? Didn't I think I think Mark Kidd did it as well. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure. I'll I'm, bet a buck. I'm, yes. not, I'm not. I'm not sure that um, this established Martha Kent making the suit 
Because I think in some Superboy comics that was the case. That is one of my f- favorite scenes from that pilot. I just put on holding out for a hero sometimes just to pretend that I'm frying out a bunch of suits. <laughs> um, those suits were hilarious, by the way. Yes. The, the, actually, those were actually from some actual Superman comics from the Silver Age. So awesome. Another thing that I liked about Lois and Clark... You want about the Silver Age, but my gosh, they had some pretty good stories. <laughs> my gosh. They did. They did. And, really? well, and most of the canon, especially from Superman, still lives to this day. Yeah. Well, I mean, Jeff Johns during Infinite Crisis brought back that original Justice League origin because he's like, it's too iconic to throw out. And because he loves it and he can and because he loves it and he can. And I, <laughs> or, or, if I ever get into comics 20 years later, I would do the same thing. I'd and, bring that origin back. And Green Arrow would be on my Justice League and featured in my Justice League. But, you know, but go, go, going go, go, going back to Lois and Clark, one of the things that I really liked about, another thing that I really loved and still love about the series is how much that it reminds me of George Reeves' series. Yeah, it's pretty similar. Yeah, I mean, no, I never seen it. Yeah, but uh, like, it's very dated, Andy. <laughs> well, I can't get, I can't get a hold of it. That's the thing. If yeah, it, you it's know actually how... very hard to get a hold of. It's all on iTunes. I think, I think, well, I think one of the things that ultimately killed that show too, like being moved around back in those days, especially, would kill any kind of would kill any show because you have to remember back in the day like I could not afford VCR VHS video oh those were the days I mean I mean kids are small there was no such thing as TiVo back then there was no such thing as iTunes so if you missed if you missed an episode that was it. You had to wait like an entire year before you could see that episode again. Did they, they didn't release um, the seasons on uh, on tape afterwards. No, it was no, it was way too expensive. Yeah, I mean, damn, the night is Power Rangers DVDs or not DVDs, VHSs, the one they would release with like five different episodes on it. Like I couldn't even buy those. Like, and they were all on these like fifth generation. V- Really bad VHS video. Yeah. And the quality was terrible. It was better uh, even on TV. Quality quality was horrible. You have to understand, there was no such thing as DVD box sets back in the day. No. That's why I kinda that's why I kinda laugh when people complain about their favorite show being cancelled now, like with Kickstarter and Hulu Plus and all this stuff that Netflix. you could that you could that you could um get yourself back on because back in the day if you got canceled you weren't coming back. Yeah. Never. By the way, I still don't even have TiVo. <laughs> like all my friends had TiVo growing up. Well, not even growing up, more like when we got to middle school. And I was so mad. My mom would never let me have TiVo. So I missed so many well, shows. The, the, the reason why a lot of parents finally got TiVo is they recorded their own shows. Right. And my yeah. parents would watch TV after the X-Files. Yeah. I mean, I mean let's, be, let's be honest. Like, that, and another thing about the 90s, too. Shows didn't get canceled really that quickly because they didn't, they didn't have things to replace shows with as easily. Right. Like, 
good times too. Yeah. Mind. Well, and plus, a lot more people were watching TV back in the back in the day. Yeah. Like, what are you doing now? <laughs> now they just don't watch it on the television at time of airing. Yeah, and that's the and that's the thing. Well, no, they, they still don't even watch it now because people have the internet. People have like nowadays, kids have more like um, access to cars to go out. Like that's why that's why like if you aired a show on Saturday, like that was like the death. That, that was like the death nail time slot. Still is, but you know. Isn't yeah. Friday more of a death slot than Saturday? Yeah. I, I get Saturday is bad, but Friday is probably worse. I don't know. We're home on a Saturday night recording. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm t- what, 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 is it, what does that say about us? <laughs> well, I'm t- well, I'm just saying, like, and. and I, I don't mean to nitpick on any on anybody, but the same thing that killed George Reeves's Superman series is pretty much the same thing that killed Lois and Clark. Which is like a lot of like, yeah, I was like a lot of like not they were I don't even think they were even trying that hard in the fourth season. If you watch that, everything that you hear about that fourth season is pretty true. You don't even have to watch it. Go on the internet and ask people, and they'll tell you everything you need to know. Honestly, watch the the fourth season of Lois and Clark, and for like the almost the entire season, it feels like what what was the the second season of of. Once upon a time, Andy, without that three or four episode final final episodes last season. The one thing I just kept asking myself every time I saw season four was, is that supposed to be General Zod? Yeah, but they couldn't use General Zod's name. Same he thing as the di- animated series. He was a diva. Yeah, and here's the, I mean. Uh, the best season to this to this day, I think, are season one and season two. When they got them together, it was good, but they really didn't have anything to do for them after that. I just have one of the best Lane Smith memories ever. Okay, as same. Paris, same. Um, there's a scene with him and Jimmy where they're talking about Loves and Clark, and they're like, you know, it's like we're some sort of supporting characters yeah. on, on some oh, yeah, TV it's my, show. It's my, it's my favorite line. She says, because they obsess about Lois and Clark's relationship in the second season, and um, um, the chief goes, Jimmy go, or Jimmy goes, you know, instead of like, like, uh, obsessing about Lois and Clark, think about what they're doing. Maybe we should get. Social lives are, are a little bit more interesting, and then the chief goes, "Yeah, it's like we're some like supporting some supporting characters in some in like some TV show." He should have just looked at the camera, winked, and then looked right back at Jimmy. Yeah, well, that's I'm, what they do. Looking so at that's what they do on TV shows now. Yeah, like that's a, that's like that's what they do on TV shows now. Um. The best cliffhanger, though, and again, again, this might be spoilers, so people, if, um, um, spoiler alert, big time spoiler alert, Clark asks Lois to marry, marry him at the end of season two, and that's where they end the season. 
It's not that big of a spoiler alert. Most people know they get married on that show. But again, like, what a great cliff. They get married? But what a great cliffhanger, though, is my point. Like, one, of, I, one of the best parts about that show, though, or about just Superman in general at that time period, was at that time, they didn't. They wanted to wait as long as they could to marry them on the show because they wanted it to be in line with their marriage in the comics. Yeah, and, and, I, it, and awesome. it was. And it really... And, and it was. was. And it was amazing because they they worked so hard both in the comics and on the show, and they collaborated to work together to do that. And the only time I've ever seen that in comic books since then, or something even remotely similar to that, has been in season nine of Smallville where they did the whole new Krypton thing because in the comics they were doing a whole new Krypton thing with Zod. Yeah, and and but really, some big some big things actually happened during the run of Lois and Clark. Um, Christopher Reeve unfortunately had his um, unfortunate accident that left him in a wheelchair. Jerry Siegel during the third season of Lois and Clark, one of the original creators of Superman, died during that run. While yep. suing one version DC Comics. Well, that had been going on, like, even before the Christopher Reeve era. That is just, that's one of the silliest things I've ever heard. Like, you know, like, look, you you gave up the rights. Deal with that. Well, again, I don't really blame them so much at the time because, like, <coughs> like, again, but again, you can say that, but if it's, if it's your thing that, if it's your thing that it's making so much money and you're not seeing a dime, I think you would look at things a little bit differently, I was just watching the clip of uh, it's like we're supporting characters. I agree with Michael. They should have looked at the camera and then just been like, "So, yes, where's my coffee?" Pretty much, pretty much everybody on that series had a point and had a reason to be featured. I don't know. I don't know about Cat. Other than Cat, she was annoying. I thought she had better reason to be there than Cat in Smallville. Totally. Absolutely. Haters. Like, H-Cat on Smallville. Absolutely. The cat was fine. The second cat in season 10 was terrible. Because the first Wait. cat grant on Lewis and Clark was the cat grant that I knew from the comics. Well, I not know. the first cat grant we saw in Smallville in season 9, in that one episode. But even that... It was, that, it was, that that was not the, But that was not cat grant. No, that was Cat. No, that was all, all in context of Smallville, I liked that <coughs> one better than the second one. All joking aside, w- Tracy Stog- Stoggins was the Cat Grant that I knew from the comic books. I know, and I've and I and I, you know, and usually I like that, but I I just never really got down with that when I saw her on the show. Yeah. Well, maybe it was well, well, maybe it was her lady parts. Well, that, well, that, well, that's that's another thing entirely. But the one thing that I, but one last thing I I want to say about Lois and Clark, unless you guys have something to say, I liked how they went back to this kind of old-fashioned style of um, storytelling where they set a villain up early on in the season, and then later on in that season, that villain would come back. Yeah, I love. I like that. I love. I love that. I love that kind of continuity. They did that a lot in season two and season three. A lot of in season two and season three. Metallo was done so weird on that show, by the way. Say that again. Metallo was just done so weirdly on that show. No, actually, it wasn't Andy. It was his brother. I know. 
No, no, it it was. I will no. Wikipedia. I will Wikipedia that mother. No, it was. Trust me, that origin for Metallo, the actor was weird, but that origin was not weird. No. No, I was talking about the performance and so I I I don't. Oh yeah, that that was a little weird, but the characterization, the backstory of, um, these kind of criminal doctors taking this kind of pickpocket thief. And turning him into Metallo, that is actually the closest, like, adaptation to a Superman villain that I... Or or a closest adaptation to a live-action version of Metallo that I had ever seen. Yeah. Because that, that is pretty close. Because, Michael, you know, like, even on Superman the Animated Series, that's pretty much exactly what he was. Absolutely. Absolutely. Although I like, I like, I, like uh, I do, I do like the Brian Nelson Green version. Oh, better. I'm not saying I didn't either. But the one episode, but the one episode that stands stands out to me, other than the, the Tempest episodes, which I still think are some of the best episodes of that series. Oh, ever. he was just so hilarious. I love Tempest, Michael. You, Duh. Need, to, you need to see, Duh. you need to see the rest of Lois and Clark. Lane Lane Davis's I, Tempest was excellent, but. The one, the one Superman thing, Superman villain thing that I like more than anyone else was Howie Mandel played Mixes Pinnalike. I I kind of like the guy who played Toy Man. <laughs> oh, yeah. it, it, oh it, it was Michael, kind of... Michael, 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 you're not gonna like this. Sure, sh- like, um, Sherman, Sherman, like the 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 couple from. The, the couple from the Jeffersons, that guy plays Toy Man. No. Yes. Wait a minute, Michael. You haven't seen Lois and Clark. He's seen I haven't the, seen all of it. He's not seen the second season yet. That's in the second season. Dean, good, Dean good, good, night, actually, good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Dean Cain actually wrote that episode too. What? Oh my gosh. Yeah, he wrote that episode. He actually, does Who? a commentary on that episode. In the second season. Dear Lord. Yeah. But... Uh, they put that character on the show? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, again, this is not... Uh, this is not... I <coughs> I have no idea. But again, I think the best thing about Lois and Clark, other than, other than that all the stuff about that character, was that the, the focus was Clark Kent. For the first time ever, the focus was on Clark Kent. Yeah. Like, Superman we don't even see until, like, the, the second part of that pilot. Yep. And I, I, think, uh, I, think, that, I think that is um, the best thing about that series. Great series. Had a little bit of a rocky ending, like a bumpy ending. But other than that, like, I, I still think it's, it's as valid as anything that we've seen. It's as valid as Man of Steel. It's as valid as, like, any of those Superman movies or Smallville. Yeah. So thank, so thank you, Dipper Joy Levine, and good, good on you for like creating. First time a female, a female is actually written for Superman, and she did a really good job. A woman? No, I'm kidding. You know that. You know I'm kidding. No, that's excellent. That's amazing. You're, you're making a lot of friends out there, Andy. I know, but I, hey, I'm I'm bisexual. I, I you know I'm I bring the female perspective to the show. I think you know they will be fine with it. 
It's funny well, that anyway, the, the, it's, the, it's the funny that thing. no one. It's funny that on the View or or the talk they never say we need to bring a male perspective to this show. I just want to I just want to point that out. Yeah. By the by the way, woo. You feel someone's sexist. Yeah. Wait, I'm sexist. <laughs> I'm I'm the one who's demanding a Wonder Woman at least once per week. Like sometimes I just call my sister. I'm like, you know, you know what? I, just, I hate I just, this industry. I, I, I just don't want them. To, I just don't want them to do it anymore. I'm I'm sick of hearing about it. About the Wonder Woman movie. Yeah, I'm. I, I, I want to be sick of you too. I'm so I'm so sick of it. I'm just, like because like like every two weeks like says okay this person's doing it. No, this person's doing it. Oh, this person's doing it. Well, we haven't heard a casting rumor rumor for weeks, eh, for months. I, I just want I just want her in Justice League. She does. I don't think she can hold her own movie. Yeah. I don't, and I don't think but, in this day and, and you, age. And you call me a sexist. Well, and well, Andy. I mean, you are a guest, and this is our show. Well, you don't get to call me sexist because I'm the last. I'm one of the last person on this on this planet that is did, sexist. Did, did either of us call you sexist? Michael just did. did I didn't you? call you sexist. I said someone in general is sexist. You said, you know, I think somebody's sexist. Okay, okay girls. Okay, no, I'll be the That, that was be... a reference to Wu's comment about the female perspective, and no one ever asked oh. yeah. perspective. Thank, th- thank you for paying attention, Andy, to, yeah. to what we're saying. By the way, um, Steve and I should do Wonder Woman. I write Wonder Woman. I don't know. Here's At this point, I don't know who... Who would be good? Oh, you you were up for it for a few weeks ago. We but again, about. like I hear so much stuff about Wonder Woman that doesn't happen to be true. It's like, do I even care about this? It's making me starting to doubt if I care about this character or not. Ooh, the, do you understand the, what I'm saying, Michael? I'll be honest. I don't think people care enough about Wonder Woman. Exactly. I don't. They, and people, in fact, people don't care enough about her to the point where she has now been reduced to Superman Eleven. Yes. Like I'm serious. I, people, I, all of and, all of you and, go and, to hell. And, and I don't. And I don't think that was by intention, Michael. I don't think that was intentional. <coughs> intentional. And if General Grievous over there could, could hold back the coughing, no, I'm just kidding. What? General, have you seen General have Grievous. You seen the prequels? Say it again. Has he seen the prequels? Have you seen the prequels, Andy? Of what? One, two, oh. three, Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. Haven't I complained enough about Star Trek things? But but again but again I don't I don't uh, I I I don't really care enough about Wonder Woman anymore because. They're, she doesn't care about you either. Because they're jerking her around and jerking her around. No, I don't. Because they're not doing her justice. No pun intended. They're not. They haven't since the Justice League animated series. Actually, no. I take that back. They haven't since uh, the Just or the Wonder Woman animated movie. They have when she's involved in the Justice League, at least in terms of animation, but in the comics. And in most things recently, they have not been doing her justice. In a world where all, in a world where Oliver Queen, Zatanna, and and Huntress get treated better than Wonder Woman, that actually sounds very sad. But you know what, though, I and and I don't really want to go down this road. Go down it. Anyway, 
I, I think a large part of it is due to people just being fed up with the whole feminist stuff. Yeah. And her connection to it. I think people are sick of it. And... And, so many, quite honestly. And really, I think that's a part, and I'm going to credit you on this, that's a very good point. They haven't really found in any medium who Diana Prince would be in the year 2013. No. Like, even her comic right now, it it's not her in man's world like it used to be. Her in her comic right now, and it has been this way for a good few years, she's in, like, ancient Greece, and she's in, like, Themyscira and a bunch of old mythical places. She's not doing anything with people in, like... Well, that's fine, but it has to lead somewhere. But it... it and here's... And I guess that's my point. It, it really is not right now. Yeah. Like, the only time you really see it lead anywhere is in the actual Justice League book, and I don't know if I can say that anymore after Trinity War, just because it wasn't because she was written poorly, it's because that's the way <coughs> they had to put her. Like, that's and, the way they put her story. And, and that's and, where she had to go. And I was not... I was not, And to, to be clear before, I was not mocking Andy. I was just trying to be funny. I'm not making fun of his coughing. I know he he's, de he's de dealing with something right now. I was not trying what? to be offensive. Um, People... I, I, I just had a call like a week ago. He's still there. <laughs> you made it sound so serious. No, no, no. no I'm just, uh, he's I'm dealing, like, he's dealing was, with something. I was just... I was just trying... I was just trying to be funny. Here's the here's the thing also about Wonder Woman more so than any other character is very linked to what the um, the ideal or the representation of what the American girl and I guess I'm gonna use that term an American girl could be. And honestly, there are not a lot of American modern day modern day women at DC to tell you who who that who she would be in the context of this generation. Well you got Stargirl. I think she's okay. I think one no, no, is doing I'm okay in the Disney comics. I'm talking about an actual writer writer. Oh, okay. I would say Gail Simone, but again I think people are putting her on too high of a horse. Yeah, and here's the thing, she's the only one that I could see that I could actually do it, and I don't think you would disagree with that, Michael. I wouldn't disagree, but at the same time I don't know if I'd want her to do it. Yeah. True. Well, she did, she did the Wonder Woman animated movie. But that doesn't mean that that's a good comic book movie. It's not a good superhero movie. And, that's a, yeah. and there's a difference between the two. Well, and I don't think Gail Simone is that fantastic. Yeah. She like only she good? only writes good, well for for um, Lois Lane, Wonder Woman, and um, Bat Supergirl. Batgirl. And Batgirl. And I and I'm and I do not mean to be sexist with that comment, because there are plenty of male writers that I also don't like. Yeah. But, but she's not very good. And well, I, I shouldn't say that she's not that great. And the fact that she is the third longest running DC character really bums me out more than anything else. <laughs> well, unless you count all the little characters who appeared in Detective and Action before. But her. as a main character, she's she she's number three next to Superman and Batman. Well and I think right now the only person who's doing her justice is Brian K. Miller in Smallville season eleven. And that story I don't even really care about. Yeah and that's not really I love that. And the, but I think what Michael's trying to say and I'm not trying to speak for Michael, that is not a fair representation of what Steve Trevor and Diana Prince are. 
It's a fair representation of what I think Wonder Woman should be. But it's, it's like Oliver Queen in Smallville. Right, but the Steve Trevor is basically Oliver Queen from Smallville. And, and, I, and the Diana Prince is very much Diana Prince Smallville. The only thing I didn't like about, I liked about, about Olympus so far is that why did Lowe's and, and Steve need to have a connection from the past? I'm well, like, that, makes, that made sense to me. It makes the world feel I'm so much smaller. Lo- I'm so sick of Lois sleeping around with everybody. <laughs> you're just angry she's not sleeping with you. If she'd been sleeping you, with you, you'd be, you would have been happy by now. No, that would have been Kara. Yeah, and and do you like the bathtub picture, Shay? Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. No, thank, thank Craig Byrne for that because I saw that on the case at TV Twitter. But what I think but what I think um Michael was trying to say with this, he's not saying that the Olympus thing is bad, but very, very much like what they did with the JSA, like what they did with Oliver Queen. Diana sounds like Diana, but they're fit but they're placing her in, in, in Smallville continuity. Yeah, in the Smallville continuity, making her work just like they did with Oliver, just like they did with the JSA. To Andy's point, I like that they had a past because you know what? Sure, it makes the universe smaller, but in this context, that actually works. I think Man. if oh Steve Trevor, like they write him and like Jeff Johns writes him on Justice League. And I think if you would write Wonder Woman like they wrote her on Justice League Unlimited, I think that's the way to go. I, I think that I think that would work in live action, whether it's television or film, and I think that would work better in the comics. Okay, before I before I forget this, one more one more thing I wanted to say about Diana Prince. I think the other thing that bums me out about Wonder Woman, and Andy and Andy, you 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 brought up Wonder Woman, so I have to say this. And it's actually going to be pretty controversial. There's so many good representations of strong women throughout the last five years. And a lot of these characters were inspired by the woman in these in the Star Spangled Bloomers. And you can't do her justice. I think it's... I think some of the things that are difficult to do with Wonder Woman, at least for a movie, is partly, you know, the world she comes from. You know, you know, let's pr- let's pretend that she didn't come from Paradise Island or Pemiscara. That would be a you know a, a one less difficult factor. But but that's like saying that Clark Kent is from Mars. That'd still be alien though. But you know, but you know what? That's like, that's like, but you know what? Like, Superman is not Superman without the kids. But then who is, but then why is that easy without who? Like what made her Wonder Woman? Like a contest made her Wonder Woman. Yeah, and that's an essential part of her makeup. But that's it. That's all that made her Wonder Woman, basically. But again, you, can, could you say the same thing about the boat wreck with Oliver Queen? Could you say the same thing with Barry's mother's death? I can't say that with Barry because that actually wasn't in existence until 2009. With Oliver, I think there were a lot more factors. And but I again, that... could could you say that about Bruce Wayne's parents' death? Well, that's nope. important. That is the seed of why he becomes Batman. The kids uh, but, are but, involved. I, but I think that, that what Andy's point is, that's an essential part of what makes Wonder Woman Wonder Woman. And, and, and I'm not disputing that. What I'm asking yeah. is, 
what really makes her Wonder Woman. And I don't, and I don't know if a writer has gotten that answer yet. And right, and that's my point. Yeah, I'm. I really want to see the script that John Sweden wrote and see what he had in mind of what his view of Femiscara was. I don't. I've heard it's terrible. And and just Michael don't. And Joss Whedon has a very, like, I love Joss Whedon, don't get me wrong, but he has a very skewed idea of what feminism is. Yeah. Anytime a guy writes about feminism, I'm a little bit hesitant, because it's his version of what feminism is. I won't say that about a woman, because it's women writing about women. And maybe and maybe I'm biased because Michael and I think Dan would agree. It's a, a like a non wheelchair person writing about people in wheelchairs. Like really? Yeah. I mean, I'm just gonna play Wonder Woman when the movie happens, so we can I don't know. But again, like she's not an easy character to get down because she's not really jokey. She's not really funny. No. She she has a different... but the thing is she does actually come up as funny when she's misunderstanding things like you know like look I still love that to death that that scene in I don't know which issue it was of Just Lee but like when she first t- tried out ice cream issue three mm-hmm. the, the ice cream yeah that I liked that a lot that gave her a personality that gave her she wasn't flat there and everywhere else she really I mean she's the, she's like She's Xena the Warrior Princess is what she is, just without the personality. Yeah, and if this was 15 or 20 years ago, <coughs> Lucy Lawless could have done that more. Oh, she would have been... Oh. Sorry, I... I, I my horn has just turned on. We're never going to see a Wonder Woman movie. We're not going to see... Well, never see... Never, I think what's going to happen is that after World's Finest, yeah, still going to call that Wonder Brothers. I hate the word as consideration... I think that we will see Wonder and, Woman in Justice League. Let me say that. Wait, wait. Let, let me yeah, say let, let Batman and Superman sells because that, that's why they're calling it that. It's because it's a good title. doesn't matter yeah. if it's accurate or not. Go on. And, anyway, uh, I think that we, you know, we will see Wonder Woman in, you know, when we see it in Justice League and so I think that will be when they start spinning off. them. And I think, and I, I promise you now, I, pr- I can bet you a buck, <laughs> because of my budget, that she, that she will be one of the first spin-off movies we will get after Justice League. I doubt it. I, that, that, I, I, I'd I like really it. be surprised. If, I, I, I'd, be, I'd be more surprised if she did over Flash or Green Lantern. Well, she will surely get a... Uh, you know, she will definitely come up before another Fla- Green Lantern movie. Um, and then it depends on, you know... As far flash. as fandom goes, I don't think Wonder Woman is as popular as Flash or Green Lantern. I, f- I don't think you know what you're talking about. Oh, you want to go there? Whoa, it's like 6 a.m. Hey, man, don't start things and... and don't, don't, don't <laughs> I was just trying to say... Don't, well, like, but, Michael, but Michael, are, are you with me on that, though, what I just said? I don't think Wonder Woman is as popular as, say, Barry Allen or Hal Jordan. I'd say they're about the same. I don't as, know, man. I don't know, man. Like, I think here, I think okay. <coughs> I agree with Michael, but I can agree with you as well. I think that there's an interest for Wonder Woman because I think people want to learn about her, but I don't think a lot of people know about and her. Again, I hate to go back to this, but what's going to draw people? What's going to make money? 
Not Wonder Woman. Not Wonder Woman at this point. Female leads don't do well. And here's where the uh, where my, what Michael was saying earlier, like the this rule has changed for Wonder Woman. Um, uh, as you can tell, I'm still dealing with some allergies too. Um, I'm still dealing with a little bit of sickness. Sorry, guys, for shortness of breath here. But what Michael said earlier about unknowns, I think I think it's the exact opposite for Wonder Woman. You need to cast a well-known actress for this role. Yeah. You can't pick a nobody. No, I agree. Then nobody was arguing with you, Wu. No, I'm just, I'm just like, I'm just making a point. Does it doesn't matter if people agree with me or not. I'm just saying. Megan Ory, or yeah. Bridget Regan, or just okay. get, get somebody that looks the part, and I believe is Wonder Woman. Wait, why we have Michael on? Michael, go to IMDb right now and look up Megan Ory. Oh, I've already shown him the picture. Who is that? What did you say, Woo? (laughs) Well, he doesn't remember actors' names, dude. Well, I do, but I've never seen this person. Yeah, he's never seen Once Upon a Time. Well, okay, just, okay, go to IMDb and look at Megan Ory. No, I'll do it. It's quicker. I'll do it. It's quicker. I can do this really quickly. Um... Any, any, anyway, one thing that I wanted to really talk about before we leave the air is Supernatural and Michael, um, you, your, th- your thoughts on, your thoughts on what we saw with this recent trailer that we got the other day. Jeez, I don't even know where to begin, really. This? Like, I, I'm honestly just so excited for the season. Yeah, me too. I am so, I am so excited for this season. I'm so scared. <laughs> that clip just didn't make any sense when I saw it. Whoa, duh, because you haven't seen the rest of the series. Well, duh, I... Low Clark Ed is Superman. Duh. <laughs> um, I, I... See, here's the thing about Supernatural, ladies and gentlemen. We've talked about our favorite episodes of Supernatural before on the show. Um, here's the thing about Supernatural. It was very much about getting revenge the first two seasons. Then it was this journey into hell. Then it was about monsters. Now it's back into something I don't even know what to call it at this point. But we have death back, so that, that makes me excited. Yeah, and... And what what is happening to Sammy? Well, he was dying at the end of last season. Yeah, and I I guess my theory about neither of them being lost is at the window. Yeah. Um, um, I love that Elena Hoffman is back in her role. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, I still can't remember her character. Her character. Yeah, a Yeah, yeah. Because that is not an easy, easy name to say. Abaddon's actually a fallen angel in the book of Revelation. Say that one more time, Michael. I said Abaddon is actually a fallen angel in the book of Revelation. That's why I remember. And is it pretty accurate to what Elena Huffman's playing? Pretty much. Okay, good. I still I still wanted to do a camera on Arrow at some point. I don't, because it's too soon. <laughs> I, I could see her as a mentor for Laurel in like two years. 
I, I don't. It doesn't need even to be big. You just. It could just be like something small. Okay, I sent you the picture, Michael. It's on your Google Plus. All right. Okay. Um. Here's the. Here's the thing. Also about the. We don't really know what the fallout of what happened at the end of the eighth season is going to be, do we, Michael? Yeah, she looks like she could be Wonder Woman, I guess. She needs to bulk up, I think. She needs oh, to be yeah. muscular. A, um, what about the fallout? Yeah, we really don't know what what the fallout is with all the angels and what happened. Well, they're going to be on Earth. They're going to need to start somewhere. I'm thinking Cass is probably going to want to gather them up so they can raise hell on uh, Megaton. Mega I, I saw him at a Comic-Con. He was, he, he, he came to hot. Metatron. Metatron, yeah. Just gonna call him Megatron. Sorry, Andy, go ahead. I, I saw him at Comic-Con and Misha Collins. He, he, re he came by Hall H, Hall H line at, at Sunday and just, he was jogging. I was like, hey, that, I was like, hey, that's cool. That dude is cool. Yeah, that's he is cool. Um, after this trailer, I totally think gonna, there's gonna be a season 10. I don't even. I don't. Even, I don't even know why I think that. You know what I mean, Michael? Yeah, I, I felt that at the cliffhanger last season. I was like, yeah, there'll there'll be a season ten. Just because if, the, if season ten happens, I don't think the spinoff is going to happen this year, though. It will happen, Andy. I think the spinoff will happen, and it I think will it will happen. Well, it, well if the C okay, then the CW is going to have to probably cancel some some things. That well, I mean, well, well. Supernatural is gonna end after the tenth season if there is a tenth season. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I want to say. Like, if if Supernatural ends this season, I could definitely see a spinoff happening this year. Definitely. There, there will be a there will be a spinoff. Uh, Michael, you and I agree. The way they're promoting this thing and the and the way that the what do we even know yet so far? Do we even know who the character's well, well, gonna well, be? Andy, please, please, uh, let me get let me get this out. Uh, like, oh. Like with the fan base still as rapid as it is, as the the executive producers still having a lot of steam, like I I would be shocked if the spinoff didn't happen. The only thing I have a problem with are they gonna be is the are the fan are the fans gonna stick around for the stories? Because honestly, the fans are only around for Misha, Jer Jared or Jared and Jensen. Yeah, that yeah, that's what I figured and, as well. Say that again. And Bobby. Well, Bobby's not even. I don't even consider him a main cast member anymore, unfortunately. Are you kidding me? Well, Michael, come on. Okay, don't I, spoil too much. I haven't seen. I'm still behind. I still consider him a main cast member, and he's I, coming back this year. Yeah, but for one spot. Yeah, that's not really a main character, then, like. One spot or not, Woo. What? Wait. They didn't say whether it was just going to be one episode or not. But he's going to be on... Jim Beaver's going to be on Revolution for a long run. Wait, Bobby, is that a skinny guy? No. No. Um, yeah. Um, here's the thing about the spin... Here's the thing about the spinoff, though. I don't... I don't think it's going to have the legs that... The legs that Supernatural, the original series, does. I don't either, but I'm still going to watch it. Well, because, let's face it, the majority of Supernatural fans are not guys. 
Which is really sad if you think about it. Not really, but people watch people watch. I mean, like, I don't really care why. I just, I, well, I will, I will say one thing. Thank you for, thank you, Supernatural, for giving me an icebreaker for, to women. <laughs> okay, but now I need to, like, okay, do we know who this spinoff is even going to be about? No, like, but who's... it really doesn't matter. Do you agree with that statement, Michael? Well, we kind of know what, what it's going to be. What do you mean? Doesn't matter. Like you, you, you know. Of this, course, man. Like you know. No, it doesn't matter because this fan base is as rapid as anything that I've ever seen. Yeah. I think the fan base is sticking mostly around for the cast. No, but, against the. St- but the method. But Andy, if, but you have not been on the boards as Michael and I have been up for this show. In. In what aspect do you mean? As being, you know, Michael, being... I, I put it, I put, put as a joke out there on one of the boards. Dean is better for these reasons. I got about fifteen replies in about ten minutes. Yeah, they are like ravenous wolves. Where, where, whereas Smallville, I didn't get half as many. No, and really, you don't with Arrow either. No, this this fan base is. Freaking insane. It's really actually quite scary. Yeah, it is. Supernatural fans scare me. Vampire. Vampire. Than the uh, the uh, uh, monsters on the show. Yeah, I mean when they did, when they did, did those like like Chuck Angel episodes, they weren't far off. Monsters, I get. Demons, I get. People are crazy. Yeah. Um. Also, I think, too, the reason why this fan base is so ravenous is because the executive producers are so close to the fans. Yeah. Like, this is as close to the executive producers of a show have been to a fan base, like, ever. I think the, I think the producers of Arrow are pretty close as well. No, not even close. I, I think they are very close, Andy. I'll give you that. But I think because Supernatural's been on so long that it's just such a big difference. And really, they, and really, they have no rules to play on Supernatural. No, they don't have any rules at all because it's completely original. And that's one of the, and that's one of the things that saved this show. Really, is because it's they're not playing by any rules. The rules they they create are their own. Really. Yeah. And also, there are only two stars. And that helps. And that saved the show more than anything else. I, I, still, think... I still stand by it. If, if, they, if they had like a six-member cast, they would not be, they would not be around so long. Because you and I agree, Michael. Eight, 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 season, eight. season six and season seven were not up to, at the same level as season four or season five. No. Or even season three. Well, and I and I still don't even think season five is up to season four. I, season four is end-all, be-all for me, but, yeah. I heard, I heard season five was, re- like, one of the strongest seasons for it, it's Supernatural. My, it's, my, it's my favorite, but I can understand why Michael... <coughs> Content-wise, content I agree with Michael. I think that's what he's saying. Right, Michael? Yeah, season four is my favorite. I think it had some of the best standalones, and yet some of the most... The best myth mythology episode and that and that like, fin, and that finale in the fourth season sir like if you could have seen my face at the end of that finale my jaw was on the ground for like five minutes i wish you would have recorded it because you got to watch it all like 
like streaming on DVD. Yeah, was... I watched I watched it on DVD or the TNT network. And funny enough, like at the uh, in the middle of season seven, that's when they come on Netflix. Yeah. Which I was so you do not understand the level of anger I felt when I saw that on Netflix. I mean, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Yeah. Because my my library my library at the time could only let me rent out out like one disc at a time or two discs at a time. There the, there was no way to get an entire box set. No. So I Wait, had your libraries actually rent out TV seasons. Yes, they do. Yeah, there's another reason why I need to move to America because we but don't not, have. But granted, not all all libraries do that. Andy, like, I I first watched Smallville. Because of my library, like yeah. I kid you not. Yeah, like, that's how come, I come to th- come to think of it. I did too. I did too. Yeah, I am so moving away from here so I can just get to you know you guys get all the good stuff. Well, because our stuff is made here, sir. Yeah, that's true. That's part of it. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, that, that, that's a big part of it. That's a big part of why your stuff is here. But overall, like. I'm I'm more looking for more more looking forward to Supernatural than any other show on TV right now. Really, because I I'm I'm kind of with you. Yeah, because yeah. people people these are the hosts of the Long Behind Us Arrow podcast on my cross the that's, that's why we're saying. Well, because also there's not a lot of news on Supernatural. No, there's and that worries me. Yeah, that that like ri- like. Here's the thing, Andy. When you're watching Supernatural, especially live, if you do not hear a lot about what's happening next season, something is going down, and something is going to be really game changing. Yeah, it all. It also that is. I the hope one. you realize I did watch the eighth season live. That is, that is one. Of, that is one of the Supernatural is one of the <coughs> Supernatural is one of the only shows that I do not want to know any kind of spoilers on. Yeah. And even if I do, it still shocks me. Yeah. And, uh, Michael, I want to give you a big fist bump for me getting me hooked on that show. Cause told you. I told you that three years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. And, and you, owe di- you owe him dinner now. Yeah, and I do. I do. Fat when burger, sir. LA, fat, fat burger, sir. Dinner. You fat have bur- something called you have something called fat burger. Fat burgers on me, sir. <laughs> Sounds good to me. That's uh, that's what Big Belly Burger was inspired by, I think. <coughs> so, oh my yeah, god, I agree with you. Supernatural is literally the only show I watch, and yes, that does include animated shows like Beware the Batman or kid shows like Power Rangers, where I do not want to know spoilers. Like yeah. it is literally that only the only show. I don't want no spoilers for. And really, like even something like season seven, season seven specifically. <coughs> oh, excuse, excuse me. Even things like season. Even even though like, even things like season seven finale, even that kind of surprised me. Even though it was kind of anticlimactic. Well, I, I think that's why it surprised me. Yeah, like the and one. Then, then they ended up in per. Well, I'm, I can't say all that much. But then yeah. they ended up. They ended up, and that that is what shocked me a bit. All season finales of Supernatural have shocked me. Yeah. To a certain degree. I season can... six really shocked me. Oh, oh hell yeah! Oh like, hell yeah! 
like I saw it coming. I thought it was gonna all be okay at the end, and then it wasn't. And I was like, crap. <laughs> We're kicking out like a bunch of little girls, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Then, then, then build up to what happened at the end of season six was one of the most masterfully build up things that I've ever seen in TV history. Well, and then there was the whole thing with Sam and his mind, and like I'm like, why didn't they do this on the show before? Yeah, because and that's going on while the other main storyline is still going on. Right. Right. Amazing. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Especially since season six was really not all that good. So basically, Andy, you have to watch the whole show on Netflix or however you can watch it. And I have three weeks on me. And here and here's and here's the, and here's the thing about super and here's the thing about supernatural. It is one of the best the easy one of the easiest shows to get into. Yep. If you don't mind gory, scary stuff. Well, and really, it's not even all that gory and scary after season two. Like but season still, two, there is some still like jump out, scream out moments that. Yeah. Like it's not. I, for, it's not for everyone. It's not. For I saw everyone. on YouTube once, um, D, him, Dean screaming when he saw a cat in a locker. Oh my god! That's episode. I I I, <laughs> I, 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 I pee myself a little bit when I saw. Oh this. my god, Michael! That's your favorite episode. That that well, not my favorite, but that, that is like my second favorite episode. Um, we've already gone through our um our favorite episodes of Supernatural. One thing I, I want to say about the fandom before we say our goodbyes here is how close goodbyes. the the executive producer, how close they are with the fans. A nickname that the uh, the fans gave Sam Winchester made it onto the series, and it's now one of his main nicknames. Yeah. Yep. That is unbelievable. That would never that would never happen on any other show. That would never happen on any other show. The French mistake is literally all just fandom inside jokes. That is all the French mistake is. And and really it came at the best time because that's when Eric Kripke left the show. And then he gets killed on screen. <laughs> Who? The creator of the show, they have, like, some stand-in to play him. Well, that's just mean. Yeah, but it's also hilarious. And the woman that got to play Sarah Gamble, I thought was, like, spot-on Sarah Gamble. Who's, who's Sarah Gamble? The person that took over after the original creator left. Which is really sad, too, because she was really good up until he left, and that she was terrible. Yeah, I... I'm really interested to see what the series is going to be like without Ben Edlund, sir. It makes me so sad. But good for you, because he's going to to Revolution, I hear. Yes, which is also another Eric Kripke show. So it's like, I'm really happy because I know it will improve that show immensely, but I'm really sad because I think he should at least come on for an episode or two of Supernatural. Is Revolution and Supernatural pretty much the equivalent of like talent, talent trading? Yeah, I, I think so. It's pretty much like a talent trade. If you're done with Supernatural, you're going to go into Revolution. And good for you if Felicia Day doesn't like survive on Supernatural because she could end up on Revolution. I don't, Shield. I don't like her character on Supernatural anyway. <gasps> yeah. I think, she, I think she was good in Season 7. I liked her a lot. Don't, and I don't let Nico hear you say that, sir. 
Well, I I'm, just I'm gonna I'm gonna tell him. I just didn't like her in season eight. She just wasn't. She didn't appeal to me. Gr- I think granted, I, granted, she's not really playing a character on that show. That's true. She's that, still, but she's still awesome. Yes, I love the thing with the Braveheart thing in season eight, though. Well, the Braveheart episode, <laughs> like, that's like that's part of season eight. That is that's part of season eight. Um, but the moral of the story is: if you not watch Supernatural, you should. Yes. It's the best DVD show I think I've seen in a long time. I feel like everyone, when he's looking at me right now for some reason, why why the hell? No, but the same look that you think we're giving you, Andy, is the same look Dan, Nico, and Michael gave to me before I started watching. It's true. (laughs) That is totally, like, accurate. Like, it's ridiculous how accurate. And Alona Tall... I've seen her recently. She looks more beautiful every day. Moving on. Uh, yeah, and here's the thing, guys. With our goodbyes, like, we kind of did it last time where we went through our goodbyes. We don't really need to, so just go to crossairs.com if you want to contact us. Wait, wait. I, I have two more, two more Grand Gust of Flash references because it's, it, it's one that is glee related. I think Man, you're like, not getting well, over this thing, aren't you? I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy about it now. Oh, um, sure. you, know, you, you just you, keep telling yourself that, and then you you think you will get it, be happy, but in the end, you're still steaming. No, I'm. I'm well, actually. For, I'm, 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 I will, but I'm actually psyched for to see what Gustin will do as Barry Allen. I think he's going to surprise us. But you're doing the very guy, well, Clarence. You're doing very well. There's what a supernatural reference for you. Why did you call me Clarence? Okay. And the Why guy who plays... Go? The guy who plays Krosky, he just p- tweeted uh, this a few hours ago. Um, pumped to be sitting next to the Flash in the theater watching Diana Agron's surreal life. Oh, yeah. Diana, Diana Agron's doing a Robert Downey Jr. movie. I, I think, or, no, no, no. No, Robert... Danny Jr. Robert, Robert, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. Sorry, sorry. I would. I w- <coughs> Sorry. And the second one. Um, I was. I, apparently, Grant Gustin had done an episode of CSI Miami, and in that episode, um, he was playing twins, and the other mother, it was the mom who plays Finn's mother on Glee. Well, since you did, since you did it, I'll do it right. Now. I'll do it right now for Lois and Clark. The woman who plays Dr. Baines in the pilot of Lois and Clark, you know, the blonde-haired woman? She actually plays Justin Hartley and Eric Martzoff, Booster Gold, and Green Arrow on Smallville. She, she, played her, she played their mother on a soap opera called Passions. So there's a, so there's a, little, there's a little six degrees of separation for you. Well, I got nothing. Yeah, oh, well, oh, because you're the youngest one. Oh, every everyone, if you want to see what James Spader's going to do as Ultron or how good he can be a villain, please watch the new show, The Blacklist, which looks absolutely fantastic. When is, when is it airing? It it airs this week on NBC. Like, Tuesday. And time slot? Like, I think either Monday or Tuesday. I'm not watching it. Why? Because I want to be surprised. Oh, okay. But- even even though he looks super BA in that role, sir. Yeah, I know, but no. I'm gonna see when it. Ultron uh, is like one of my favorite Marvel villains, so I I want to go into him surprised. Yeah, and and, and, and by the way, I I don't I don't want to spring spring news. I'll just say this: you Marvel moved Ant Man 
best move that they could have done. Yep. Oh, I'm fine with it. Um, oh, good, it's airing on Monday night. On Monday, so okay. Jurassic Park 4 is entitled Jurassic World. That made me so happy. Get Jeff Goldblum, get Sam Neill, get as many of the old guys as you can. I don't know why people are so excited for dinosaurs. Those are the only two you need, and then you need the girl who played Lexi. May, may, may I say, may I say this? Andy, you have no, you have no, um, dis, you have no opinion in this matter. I have no, well, because I've, I'm, I've never seen the movies, and I'm never going to see them either. After what you said, you don't deserve to see the movies. Michael, go on. If anybody who's actually seen Jurassic Park, you understand why I say that, don't you? Oh my gosh, woo. Okay, so my friend Zach, I have to tell you this because it's just ridiculous. He had never seen Jurassic Park, right? Uh. So me and two other friends <coughs> literally tie him down Uh to a couch and make him watch all three and by the end of it he was like why the hell had I not watched these before the <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome did you did you tie him down and feed him holy water and ask him how he felt I didn't feed him anything I made him sit and watch how do you you were like every 45 seconds how do you feel that's a supernatural <laughs> reference for you well, <laughs> it comes on and then the music comes on and he goes oh my gosh that score I'm like See? See? And I'm going to leave one little thing for all of our listeners here. You guys know that I do not watch movies in 3D or in IMAX. I felt like I it's mandatory for me when Jurassic World comes out that I need to see this in right. IMAX 3D. I'm more excited for Godzilla. Like, if it, Godzilla is no, more interesting. Forget Godzilla compared to Oh, you, you, did, you did not see the trailer at Comic-Con that I got You have not seen Jurassic Park, so there you go. I saw, okay, I saw one of them when I was a kid with my sister because she's for, she forced me to see it. I'm like... You probably saw Jurassic Park 2, then. Yeah, that's <laughs> the one everyone saw as a kid. Yeah, Jurassic Park 3 wasn't bad. I like all three of them. But out of, really... the, out of all of them, Jurassic Park 1 is still the best, obviously. Oh, yeah. Well, and if they don't get Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum to come back for the fourth one, I'm not so sure it's going to be all that great, because at least one of them has been in all three. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to say this, but what has Sam Neill done the, done the last, like, seven years, other than start in that lost wannabe Alcatraz? Nothing. More pain than we've done. He would be perfect. I mean, Jeff Goldblum has actually had a career since then, but, but like... Well, is and he's coming back for Independence Day too. Oh God! Don't even get me started on that. It is, it is, I heard the title for that movie is horrible. What? Well, like, well, they didn't leave it open at all for a sequel, so I don't understand. This. No, I don't care about that. I I just heard that the title is just weird. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I care about the fact that that movie had a very definitive ending. Why are these things getting sequels in the Milking. When, they, when they really didn't need it, especially I, Avatar? I will wait for Independence Day 2 because I love that first movie. So I will wait and see how that is. And Michael, and again, this is like the tangent time after the tangent time. Two more things and then we really have to go. I'm still yeah. not on board with RoboCop, even though I find it hilarious that Michael Keaton's playing an evil billionaire. And I really want to see what this J.J. Abrams movie is going to be like. What, what J.J. Abrams movie? The one I posted on the social media pages. 
the trailer. Uh, okay, okay, we'll watch it later. That you know, weird trailer, but yeah. I I don't know. I'm just intrigued. Okay. I'm just intrigued. I really want to hey, see. Hey, it's it's, it's okay. JJ Abrams is very talented. I've seen oh, Star Trek one and two like. Yeah, he's not. He's not human. He's like half cyborg. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how he's doing this with all the shows he's doing and with all the movies he's doing. I don't know how he's adding something. Yeah, he's like, I need to he check. Twin. I need to no. He. I. I need to check his forearm to see where the battery goes. Yeah. Cause like he he doesn't need sleep so. Those robots from Almost Human. Spe- speaking of oh, Almost Human is going to be so good. Speaking of J.J. Abrams. Are you guys... Well, we knew that this was confirmed already, but, like, are you guys disappointed that he's not doing Star Trek free? Yes. I'm not surprised, though. I'm not surprised. But, like, who's going to do that? Probably probably the next guy in line, which is Brad Bird. Okay, actually, I'm on board. I'm just assuming that that's who they're going to pick next. Because he's, like, the closest guy in terms of, like, live-action style to J.J. Abrams. Well, and Brad Bird can do no wrong. So Mission Impossible was okay. It was not. He, it was not great, but okay. It wasn't bad. It was decent. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Oh. Um. I. I. Uh, I. Oh, actually, actually, I. I keep coming up with topics. I really want to see this Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie. Okay. Oh, what? Keep showing the trailers for that looks stupid. But it looks funny enough where I actually want to go see it. Plus, it's Scarlet Witch and John Blake as a couple. Scarlet Witch. Or uh, why no, Scarlet, keep, Scarlet uh, Black, why do I Black keep, Widow. What? What? Okay, Black Widow. I'm sorry. It's because You're her name's really Scarlet Johansson. That's probably why you see it like that. Um. Uh. I know it's. I don't think it's my kind of humor. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't. I don't think it is your kind of humor. But anyway, I have a you're too like young. Humor. You're too young to get it. Well, he, I'm he, kidding. He, he, well, no, it's not only. It's not only that. He actually comes <laughs> comes from a good, wholesome family. There is that. <laughs> like, you are raised by the cancer, more or less. More or less. Yeah. There are no, no. There are no parents on this earth that is like the. the Michael's the is. Michael and Dan's is like. Uh, that's what I envy about both of you guys. You guys come from really good families. I'm sorry. Oh my god, you're the length of the story. You're I jealous kinda, of. I I kind of am. And Magneto. You just need to come to Chicago and just hang out with our families for like a week. Yeah, and I need to like, I need to live in like Lou Malnati's for like <coughs> seven days. I'm, like, totally serious. Like, we could have it every night if you really wanted it. Yeah, and definitely get a wet sandwich. That's definitely what you need to do when you go to Chicago. Yeah. So, I mean, just let me know when you're coming out, and we'll we'll get it ready. And when you come to L.A., I'm going to get you a fat burger once you come in. It you sounds good. You know, I'm trying really hard to see if I can somehow make it to L.A. over the summer before I go to college. So, we'll see. Yeah. I, and, and oh my god, you're grad. He's graduating this year, guys. And if we could all pull our money together, this, this upcoming Comic Con would be the coolest Comic Con ever. Yeah, no kidding. It's, it just get, it's just getting so much much more expensive. Yeah, but but this next year's Comic Con was Star Wars <laughs> Avengers. Um, what Damn else? Wait, wait, wait. What did you say, Wu? What? Well, 2014 Comic-Con's gonna have all the cool stuff from Star Wars, Avengers, 
Batman, Superman, Jurassic World, Jurassic World. Am I missing anything else? Ant There's Ant a Man. ton of stuff we're missing, but I can't name it all. Yeah. Uh, it, this it's, this probably gonna be some be something for Fantastic Four because yeah, you know yeah. Fox, you know yes. after this after 2014, you know they you know. X Men won't won't be you know I don't think they're gonna do an X Men for a while after Days of Future Past so no, yeah and Jackman there's only only so much you can do with that guy well it it was not I I think if he wasn't doing Star Wars J J Abrams should have done Fantastic Four yeah I think that would have been a good move too it's his type it's, of movie and I I just thought of this Jackman has been playing one superhero longer than anybody in history I think damn straight. Except for maybe Tom Welling, but well, maybe. well, he's well, no, I know he's no, beat yeah. Tom Welling by a couple of years. Well, by a couple of years, but in terms of screen time, in terms of screen time, yeah, but in terms of consistency, yeah, Tom Welling. Yeah, but who's now? Who's now doing? Um, I think the movie has come out now for you guys. It's um, that Park Kenneth Park. movie, Parkland. Yeah, that about John JFK. Yeah, yeah, I'm probably gonna see it if it actually airs. <laughs> Else, who's in that? I think it's Toby McGuire or something. Zach Efron. Zach Efron, that's it. Oh, oh yeah, he's in that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's in that movie too. Um, and Rico. Also, Allison Mack looks completely different now. She doesn't do anything anymore. Well, I think that was her thing. Like after she left Smallville, she wanted to just go back to New York and just be a theater person again. Yeah. Oh my God, guys! We talked over two and a thirty, two hour and thirty minutes. Well, you know what? We we got we got this thing we got this well, thing going. Is is there any thing before we go? Because we do really have to go. If you guys have, if you two especially have not seen MTV's Spider-Man animated series, the CGI I, version. I have, and I wasn't a fan. Okay, it, I, is it the CGI version? Yeah. yeah the CGI. Yeah, version. I only saw it because Michael Cardone was was voicing Kingpin. I watched, I finished it today, I thought it was fantastic. <clears throat> I I could see, I wish that would have kept going, or at least been turned into a live-action drama. And I, I, going to animated stuff, I really have to believe Justice League Flashpoint is the official end of the Bruce Timm era, unfortunately. Well, he is coming back to do... Yeah, he's will... coming back for something, for <coughs> some, some justice <laughs> thing. Why does he always have to ruin his endings? <coughs> what is he? What is he? The Brett Favre of animated did, but films? But he didn't do Flashpoint, Woo. Yeah, he didn't do Flashpoint. But that, but that's his story, though. No, no that's Jeff John's story. No, but the voice actors and that style of the way the movie was done—that was him. This. The style was not was not his. His style is the way they did it. The Batman animated series. I missed that. Well, anyway, like, I wish I wish he would have just stayed gone. Because the way they ended it, Michael, you and I talked last week about it. What a great way to end the Bruce Tim era. Uh, then, well, then with that I last, that was a good way to end that. With that last shot with Batman. Yeah. Yeah. That, it was not the best way to end it, but it was kind of like how Epilogue was for Justice League Unlimited. Yeah, Epilogue would have really been the best way to end it. Yeah, but no. I don't. They, I, I, don't I don't like the, the cast for this league war, though. I, I don't either. But I like how they're they're relaunching everything with different people, and I love some hey, of the people that they've chosen. Alan Tudyk for super. I Even didn't. I, I, back. I didn't. I didn't think he was gonna be. Uh, wait, wait, wait. 
Wait, wait, wait one second. What did you say, Michael? Conroy is coming back for I think that Arkham animated movie. Oh my god, I have, I have such a I have such a boner for that that project. Well, I'm so, well, I'm sorry, but what can, <coughs> what does Conroy actually do other than Batman? He doesn't need to do anything. Other yeah, than... exactly. That's why. Oh, you like what other career do you do you do you have, sir? Other than what, being... hey, don't you you been on this Kevin Conroy? Well, no, it's not a diss, but it's true. What have you heard of Kevin Conroy other than Batman? What does he need to do? Let, other than let's, let's see his IMDb page. Um, Something that we've all heard of. What the heck is Tales of Metropolis? <laughs> oh, I know what that is. That's an animated feature on DC Nation. It's one of the shorts. In, in that short, it's actually really funny. Lois Lane is like pestering Batman. But is for- he still Batman, though? Yeah, he's, he's still in- Batman. Exactly. <laughs> that just proves my point. What does he need to be other than Batman? What is anyway, he, but you know he's getting older. He, he's probably gonna retire soon. But that's so, my like, point. Like, what other job could you get at this point than being the voice? He doesn't. Of he doesn't need anything else. Well, that's exactly my point. Like, I wasn't dissing him for it. It's like, like at this point, like we don't want you anything other than Batman. We don't need you to be anything other than Batman. Same thing with you, Mark Hamill. Even though I know you've actually officially retired. Yeah. Although he's, I heard he's coming back for one more. If he can do one more, he said he would come back if they ever did uh, the Killing uh, Joke. Joke. I don't oh. think they would. Be. I think. Well, they, awesome I think they might. Would, it, would that be with Mark Hamill's voice? Well, they did it for Birds of Prey. They should have really had him do the voice of Joker in Dark Knight Returns, but I liked Michael Emerson a lot. I, I like the guy who did it in Under the Red Hood. I thought he did a really good job. He he was. I was watching that movie the other day, and I was like, pretty good. But you know what? Maybe he, Kevin Conroy, he will do the voice for Ben Affleck's Batman. <laughs> okay, yeah, that was me. I, I, no, he's I, he's gonna be I, great. I don't I don't know how they could do the Killing Joke as an animated movie though. Well, if because of the graphics, because of how violent. No, just because of how the story is told. <laughs> That's a very different kind of like comic book story. I think the the Killing Joke would in the end be a Batgirl story. But the thing is, the Batgirl character has not been really well established for the past couple of years. So, so like, why would you put an end to Batgirl and introduce her as Oracle when you haven't really... I'd like to I'd like to discuss a programming note with Michael, if I could, before we go. I know we've said goodbye, like, five times. Because we really need to go. Michael, do you, do you want to do a Longbow Hunters next week, since what's coming out is coming out? Do you have right. your... Do you have your copy? No, it's not been released yet. Well, I know, but it's going to be released soon. That's what I mean. It, on Tuesday, yeah. Yeah. Let me get back to you on that. Okay, because we can actually talk more about what's going to happen in Season 2 a little bit. We're not going to rehash everything, but that's why we're not focusing too much on the the Green Arrow news, just because of all the stuff that... Because we actually want to do that on Mongo Hunters proper. So... Yeah. See you later, guys. We had a really fun time tonight. Um, Follow me at Samaritan Free and at Chill Assemble. Follow Michael J. Petty at Michael J. P. At MJ Petty Seven on Twitter. I'm really tired. Well, I'm wide awake. Um, Follow me at WSK nine zero zero two. Follow across the airwaves at across airwaves. Our 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 email address is 
Across the airwaves at gmail.com. That's across the airwaves at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Google Plus. We have a we have a phone number that's one seven seven three eight oh nine three three six three. That's one seven seven three eight oh nine three three six three. Please specify tangent time or any of our shows if you want to be on that particular show. Thank you, Nico Reifstek and Dan Schmidt and And Chris Duker. And thank all of you guys who, for Who you called Chuck before? Yeah, I don't. I, was that you, Michael? Was I calling then? No, it was you. I remember you saying. I, I think it was either Michael started no, no, no. that I followed. But anyway, no, I guys. No, Michael's height. Anyway, guys, we'll 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 talk. We'll see you later. But we don't know when we're gonna do an, another candy time because fall fall TV season's coming up. But we got a lot of content for you coming up. See you later, guys. Bye. Bye.